Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys so much for being with us here for episode number 135 here on monday june the 24th 2019 it is the summer and the living is quite easy here uh, i'm joe Morata, alongside the one and only michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy barbecue yet um yeah, I went to one. You did, huh? A week or two ago. Yeah, it was pretty good, yeah. actually. You the brought hot some dogs weenies, were good. some brats. Yeah, I brought some brats. Well, folks, thank you for uh, not being a brat and for listening to us again this week as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling, the whole entire world of it. Uh, we have some great topics in store for you. But first, if you haven't yet, Follow us on Twitter, and you can do that at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is VPPodcast at gmail.com. But, Quinn, there's a really great place if you want to talk to hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics, and it's over on the Facebook. Yeah, Facebook.com slash Weenies. It's a great website, you know, with social aspects to it. Yeah, there's some sociality to it, right? back when they decided to go to Web 2.0. I remember that. They decided, you know what, this should be social. Right, of course. So, now it is, and over at Facebook facebook.web.friends.weenies um, you can join our private social group. Yes, uh, it's very private, very yeah. social. And how do you do that, Joe? I don't know. This is how you do it. Oh, okay. okay. There's a search bar on the website, right? On facebook.com. Yeah, do, okay. do you know what that is? I've been there. So you type our vantage point dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing bang boom, tubes, uh, web 2.0, because gore isn't involved in that one. Kaflui? Kaflui. Okay. Um, oh, wait, that's in standard one practice. One and two. It's uh, forward compatible. Okay, got it. And boom, you're there, uh, you join Kaflui, and you're in. Okay, so great. So once you're in there, folks, what you can do is you can talk to Quinn and me and so many other fans of the retro wrestling. You can uh, have some questions, you can have some comments, maybe start a debate, ask some things, share things maybe never before seen matches or pictures or videos things like that it's a really fun time and we try to welcome everyone from any walk of retro wrestling background quinn right we're talking wf mm-hmm. we're talking wc w they just call it wc <laughs> a aw yeah aw we're talking uh, the territories whether you like the current whether you like the retro whether you like both whether you like a little or a lot come over to here because what we try to do is not be like the rest of the uh the wrestle zone what did we call it last time the wrestle uh, net the, the wrestle <laughs> WrestleNet. <laughs> the yes. WrestleNet. That's that's what they call it. The IWC. We try to just be more positive and not tear each other down. Maybe tear the wrestling down. Ta- but break the walls down. Break those walls right down. But going over to our Facebook group, it really is a fun time. And also, we have a YouTube page that we want you to check out because what Quinn has been doing, he's been hard at work uploading some of our older videos uh, that yes. were exclusively on Patreon a couple of years ago. Quinn's been uploading them every week now, Quinn. Is that uh, right? You, you'll see... Our Vantage Point Live Review Rewind or yes. whatever the long name. It has rewind in it. Yeah, Just know that. Find. That's how you know. And yep. also we have a Patreon, which we'll talk more about later, but it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That is if you want to support the show. We have some great rewards there, including a coupon uh, that's going on until June 30th. Again, more on that later. But Quinn, this season, 
we've been doing questions from the fans. And the theme here is it's called should they have. And basically what that means is we're taking something that either did or didn't happen. And a fan has asked us, should this have happened? Right. Right. So we're trying to take two per week here. And these are questions submitted by, by the fans, and you can do that. Uh, you find the link on our Facebook group. There's a whole spreadsheet there for you. It's big, it, <laughs> and you can still add things to it if you, you, can. If you want. You ab- absolutely can. But, Quinn, the first question for this week is from Mark Riley. Oh, yeah. Hand of the show. And his question, Quinn, is should the WCW... The WCW! The WCW. <laughs> All right, okay. I, I added the the. Should WCW have skipped signing Hulk Hogan in 1994... And run the company as they were. Quinn, your answer. Uh, no. I'll tell you why, though. I yeah. mean, it, so on the surface. Well, let me give my answer first. Hang okay, on here. Go let, me, let me tell you first. Okay, okay. Give your answer there. No. Well, thank you. Proceed. Thank you for your answer. <laughs> Proceed. Um, it's very different from mine. I know, very different. Um, but, um, so on the surface, right, as I was saying, yes. on the surface, it seems WCW took like a kind of a decline not really a decline as much as a, it just got like corny w, got wf, WF junior yeah 94 95 into right. 96 and the only way to become immortal in the wcw is to beat the man and you all know woo! to be the man you gotta beat the man i look at this more as they're trying to figure out what to do they got this big hot name why the hell would you not sign hulk hogan first of all right and at first they thought, well, people just want the old Hulk Hogan shit. Sure. Yep. So they, that's what they gave him. Hulk against big stinky giants, right? Yeah, big fat people, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, you really, know, literally, yes. sometimes Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> um, of course. Because there has to be a guy to betray him. So yeah. You, you, that's the pattern, right? That's a trope fat of Hulk guy, Hogan feuds, yeah. Then a guy in the, his size who's like maybe was his friend at some point. Right? <laughs> and then he beats him and then he goes back to more fat guys. That's literally Hogan's arc, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, the reason this would be a question, Quinn touched upon it, is when WCW signed Hulk Hogan in June of 94, they were in the midst of a really good creative period. I think we should mention that first, right. just to set the stage, Quinn. So, Rick Rude was kind of kicking some ass. Yep, until um, he got injured. Yeah. Sting. Sting. Rick Flair. Johnny B. Bad was a hot commodity. Uh, Steve Austin was doing really yeah. well. There, there was a good mid-card. There was a good upper-card. You know, Ricky Steamboat. We had Cactus Jack. And, of course, always with WCW, I will say the consi- one consistent part of WCW throughout its entire run is the low end of the card is always kind of good. Generally, always, like yes. Steve Regal and sure, stuff Sure, he was like there. That. DDP yeah. was starting to become a little bit of something a in 94. Bit. So, obviously, Hogan comes in in June of 94 and brings with him, within a short amount of time, this is the influx of people that we get, okay? Between, like, June and the end of the year. Uh-huh. Jimmy Hart. Uh-huh. Brutus Beefcake. Randy Savage. Jim Duggan. Honky Tonk I, Man. I knew you were going to bring up the Honky Donkey Man. <laughs> to name a few, right? And what happens, like Quinn said, <laughs> is it becomes WWF Junior. It's Hulk Hogan literally being... What we always call 93 Hogan. Right. It's that just like extended into WCW. I would say it's got a, a mix of 80s Hogan involved because of the. Doesn't yeah. like Kamala show up or yeah, something? later. But yeah. Hogan's hair and personality are very 93. Right? Oh, yeah. He's just a jerk off. No, he's that Hogan fighting his 80s opponents. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. We got all the beautiful babes of Baywatch to distract Vader, man. We got the steel cage plowed in the sand, brother. What's it like to be such an asshole? So basically the reason that a lot of people uh, 
purists of WCW were upset is because they viewed it as, well, Hulk Hogan storms in with all his fucking political friends, right? And they kind of shoved to the side guys like Cactus Jack Steve and Austin. Steve Austin. Ric Flair hastily turns heel to feud with him. Right. Flair was a face in 94. Let's That's keep in true. mind. Vader in 95 is like a jobber practically against Hogan. How? He was literally like the champion <laughs> right. for like a year and a half <laughs> right. before that. And of course, I should mention that at the end of 94, Randy Savage comes in and then they become the mega powers. <sighs> So, I get where that question is asked, but Quinn, what happened in July of 96? The New World Odor. Yes. The and what best is- heel turn ever. <laughs> right. What so, that- so, here's the problem, right? It's kind of like the two years that he was there, you kind of had to let them figure it out. And without letting them figure it out for two years, you don't have the best WCW period ever. Correct. I you know what I mean? You. Like I it, it, That is just the way it is. Here's some things that happened, though, or could have happened as a result of Hogan being there before the NWO. Much more mainstream exposure, mm-hmm. contact with celebrities, mm-hmm. more, more legitimate celebrities, and Mr. T. <laughs> Monday Nitro being a feasibility. Yeah, that would not have happened. There's other pieces Ted, that would have happened. Yeah. Wouldn't have happened without Hulk. As we know, Ted Turner was hell-bent on having the best wrestling company. Oh, and yeah. Whether you liked him or not, in North America, Hulk Hogan was still the biggest name in wrestling in 1994. You bring him in, I agree. I mean, I, I mean, think you have to. Yeah, and other things you get out of that is the uh, the Macho Man. Yeah, another remember, guy. Remember right. him? Like, <laughs> I heard of him, yeah. I've heard not, him once. Not being Babe Ruth yeah, over there. actually getting to wrestle. Yeah. So, I mean, can you forgive the, you know, the honky-tonk man shit? Yeah, because what happened was... Look, I'm a big WWF apologist to an extent, and yeah. I'm much less lenient towards WCW, but I'm going to admit one thing. <laughs> when you look at their 95s, WCW, I don't know if I'd call it better, but it certainly ain't worse than WWF I, in 95. I generally enjoy it. Like, I, I don't yeah, it's know. it's okay. I, you know what it is? It, it's kind of fun that you get to have this weird period of time where you're mixing, you're like crossing the streams, if you will, of WCW right. and WWF. Like, I love that Dusty is commentating over Hulk Hogan matches. Yeah, true. Like, that right, is right. just weird. It and is like, weird. And, and Mean Gene and Bobby are there. Yeah, they're there, but there's also Shivani. Right, of course. And, like, and shit like that. So it's like... And Harlem Heat. Yeah, it's like, this is <laughs> so... Yeah, standbys. Harlem Heat's like calling out Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, it's right. like, this is weird, and it's kind of fun, yeah. and it doesn't last very long, honestly. It lasts yeah. like two years. Like, and then once... And Ni- maybe not even two years. And once Nitro hits again this is still pre-nwo would they bring in luger and they bring in mike rotundo and guys like that who cares but really this is pre-nwo they were already starting to become noticed and to become something right that made the wwf nervous you got to remember wwf is running these billionaire ted skits mm-hmm. way before the nwo they right. were already in def- wwf was already in defensive mode before the nwo right you know what one thing that that hogan thing did to establish um and a lot of um booker people and stuff like that people on the inside talk about this on like dvds and stuff yeah. but there was something that they wanted to get across that wf people are compatible with wcw meaning that right. they can come in and they can be part of wcw and vice versa wcw people can come into wwf and they can be a part of wwf yeah wcw kind of put themselves on the level but WCW really tried it by applying literally the same Hogan character from WF. Yeah, literally. Mixing him into the WCW characters. Right, right. You know what I mean? I know WF kind of did it with Ric Flair coming in. Kind but, of. But they didn't really. Similar. They tried to treat him as a big deal, but I don't know. It never felt like he was bigger than Hulk Hogan. And he wasn't ever going to yeah. feel that way in yeah. WWF. So I guess one more question that I have for you, Quinn, on this is, Considering, let's say they didn't bring them in, I think the implication is, well, then they would have just had this great wrestling show for great wrestling fans. But don't you think they would have just brought in someone else eventually anyway? 
honestly, I don't think they would have been as big, period. They, probably Nitro might not even exist without Hulk Hogan. Well, they weren't known star makers outside of maybe Goldberg by accident. Even that would have, wouldn't have come along. Goldberg I mean. was a guy, if you remember back, this was a football player who was looking to essentially wrestle for the highest bidder. Like, yeah, of you course. know what I mean? That was the kind of guy smart. he was. <laughs> yeah, he, smart. Yeah, he saw, hey, wrestling's big. I'm, I just retired from the Atlanta Falcons. You know, I think I can do this. So right, right. he tried his hand at it, and, and he was good at it. They gave like, him a push, and it worked, yeah. yeah. So, overall, I'm going to agree with you, Quinn. I don't think they should have skipped it. I think if WCW was going to be run to the ground anyway at some point, it was going to get run into the ground anyway. I don't know that not signing Hulk Hogan would have kept the company alive. It well, might have kept him alive, but it might... that I mean, TNA is still alive. Hulk Hogan, Ring of is, Honor not, is still alive. Hulk Hogan is not the reason that it was. No, running. it's there's not. so many other factors. It like you know, mismanagement it, is the ultimate I, and reason. Honestly, the one that nobody really points out, not just the mismanagement, but, yeah. but how just like TNT fucked them. The, In a the, sense. the network itself. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree to yeah. to a certain extent there. I mean, it's not like the show was good, but it was still pulling ratings. So I get right, it. I yeah. get what you mean. A lot of things kill WCW, and I don't know if that is the impetus behind this question, but Mark Riley, thank you for that. No, I think I'm in agreement with you, Quinn. They should have just signed him. It was the right thing to do. It gave right. them success that they never would have had. Right. I don't think, anyway. Uh, we got time for another one, and this one is from a really old OVP original, Quinn. Oh. This is from Jimmy Borden. Whoa, really? Borden, that's right. I haven't heard that name in a bit. That's it. And Jimmy Borden wants to know, and this is something that did happen, should they have brought back DX in 2006? Quinn, your answer. I wish they didn't. (laughs) Um, The only benefit was finding out about the midget world. Oh, that's true. That was about it. And I just kicked Stan. Remember that when Shawn Michaels is kicking people down the hallway? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That that was funny. What's your name? Stan. Stan. Oh! See? I just kicked Stan. Calm down, Sean. Don't tell me to calm down. Nobody tells me that I don't know controversy. Yeah, didn't they beat up the spirit squad, too? And throw yeah, they put him in a dumpster crate, or whatever. A crate. And said, OVP. It's a, it's a OVW. O-O-O-V-W, OVP. Yeah, OVP. They sent him here. They sent him here. Yeah, <laughs> there he is over there. Yeah. No, but uh, the background on this is quite simple. You ever heard of DX? Yeah. Um, <laughs> D-Generation X? Yeah. Were they even known as D-Generation X in the second version? They I don't only called them DX, DX like right. ever. I have mixed feelings on this. I say, yes, it was worth one shot. I would say they should not have kept bringing it back. Like, Sean in his DX gear when he reunited with Brett and shit like that in, like, I, 2010. Well, that was just during... <laughs> yeah, it but it was still, still around. It was still extending. They're, like, yeah. in their 40s. Yeah. I'd say a one-shot return, sure. Uh, 2006, maybe a little later than I would have liked to see it, you know? Yeah. Although it always felt, to be fair, that it was designed for Triple H and not really... Like, Shawn Michaels was in a different place in his career at that point in time. Like, DX was the last thing his character should even want to do. And they kind of winked at the audience with that because Michaels was, like, doofy and clueless about most things and wholesome, remember? Hey, Shawn! Isn't that Mr. Fuji over there? Oh, I love Mr. Fuji! I got a surprise for you, my friend! And then Triple H is like, DX so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is the best. The best faction ever. I don't, yeah. And I didn't like, it was just the two of them also. It was yeah, they just were a like, tag they, team. They, 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 exactly. They were essentially a tag team. You they know were what? essentially like the mega powers of their, their time. <laughs> like, really, they, yeah, were, they, were. they were. the two, like, top guys, basically. And you know what? One thing that, get, that doesn't get brought up a lot is if you recall, while they were still that DX tag team, Triple H 
began a feud with John Cena, but then he right. hurt his quad. So, like, they just inserted Michaels into that at WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't know if I'm misremembering this, but didn't, nah. they, didn't they start tag teaming because they both couldn't beat John Cena or something? Mm. Like, some, didn't something like know. that happen? I don't remember. I remember them feuding or fighting rated RKO. Oh, it was yeah, during that, that period of time. Garbage. You know what? I, I think I agree with you. I wish they hadn't, but that brief run, like that six month run when before Triple H got injured, that was fine. Yeah, it was I mean, there, nice. There was they some, were funny sometimes. There were some signs that they were out of touch, like when they did the Vince Vince's McMahon and Shane cock. impressions. And, uh, Vince with the rooster, the cock thing. Yeah, and, uh, like some of that stuff was just stupid. Like, I don't know. It, it was PG version of DX and not as fun. Well, let me ask you, though, a question, Quinn. Was it really more stupid than what they used to do, or were we just older? Well, the truthfully, thing is they used to, to be, truthfully, there was some kind of edge to the original DX that I don't ever think was recaptured ever. And by original, and, you mean the original original. Right. Even when they turned into the four people DX, like <laughs> then they, they got they got a little stupider even then. You mean face DX in 98. Right. I'm talking about the heel, big fucking assholes like screwing around with Brett. Breaking and, kayfabe. Yeah, like breaking. Though, that's the edgy good DX with Rick Rude just standing there. In China and China just chi- yeah. standing there punching people when need be. But I mean, that to me was very cool like there was just there was an edge to it they wore darker colors even i don't i'm it's true like I the know. dx didn't have any green in it originally <laughs> like, you remember it's that? true yeah it wasn't until like a little bit later you're right i know that sounds like a <laughs> no, stupid thing but it's, it's like nickelodeon dx by yeah, 2006 they, they right had, like the gak color the green was just from the like it was like a darker green with that the, radar green with, solar yeah, the green ra- or whatever yeah, it is exactly. right yeah they went to this weird like gak <laughs> like I'm, I'm surprised they didn't even like slime somebody like in the they 2006 may, version when the thing is they might have and we just in forget, all seriousness yeah. they might have hi i'm sharon normally i only interject to make fun of joe but i could not help butting in to say how is this actually fucking real but i don't know if it's if some of the stuff they did in 06 is necessarily worse than the CGI tank explosion on the CNN tower and some of the jokes they used to make. But I mean, it's that, not that like, bad. That had a meaning behind it, though. I guess. Because it, it was referring, because like, they didn't really refer a lot of times back then that they were feuding with WCW, ultimately. Right, and the reason they were is because of Hulk Hogan signing. Well, it's all <laughs> dovetails, right? But yeah, I mean, that was kind of the undercurrent of DX at the, at the original, like, why they were so cool is, like... They broke taboos. They broke taboos, and they, you know, like, when they got in trouble with the censors, and then the next week they went on and, like, fake cursed. They no, had, they really did. They just, they, they censored okay, it. Yeah, yeah no, they, it's they, real. They just censored all of yeah, it's yep. the whole thing is actually still makes me laugh, I think, right. just because of the way they sell it. And it, honestly, I think some people might not I think it's because of the week before you have to understand why that's funny. Yeah. It's because they I don't they didn't even do anything that bad and like USA lost their mind. I think yeah. that was like when they roasted the, the hot dogs or something. Yeah, the big sausage and all that right. shit. And, I think so. And that's and then like that USA, means don't do that and it's penis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so they made fun of it. Like it's stuff like that they responded immediately to things like that were happening in <clears throat> pop culture. So you think the 2006 version is more just catering to the 12-year-old audience more ham-fistedly? Stop inventing compound words, bitch tits. To me, it's a 12-year-old in 2006 who their brothers told about DX, and it's that interpretation. It's like that okay. that lens of, oh, DX was goofy and funny, but they were kind of 
assholes. They like, were when they, assholes when they were first too. around, like, yeah. they, and they were brutal too. They like beat the shit out of like the Hart Foundation yeah. and stuff. Like Night Hart with the ball shot. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> but stuff like that. They would like double team people mm-hmm. from behind. Yeah, they weren't nice. Yeah, but, like they were. They were assholes. <laughs> they like, were totally assholes. Yeah. I think I agree with uh, your answer though. I wish they hadn't, but whatever. Yeah, is that kind of the consensus? Like, right. It was okay. Yeah, I just don't like that they did it again later, and they still do it sometimes. Yeah, like enough. <laughs> Does now, mean mainly, I, I, it's reserved for things like Saudi Arabia, where like uh, I yeah. don't know, some guy wants old wrestlers there, so they have to do it. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels isn't allowed to have hair. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, I still can't believe he came back for that, and it really was just because probably some official requested yeah. that he come. And uh, Goldberg and Undertaker, same thing. But, yeah. you know, that's another topic for another time. Folks, if you want to talk about any topic, you can do that on our Facebook group. You can email us. Or you can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Let us know your thoughts about the Hogan signing in 94, mm-hmm. as well as DX in 2006. But, Quinn, when we come back, we are going to rank two more of the best WWF Intercontinental Champions of all time. It is Royal Rankings Week 3, and that is coming up right after this. Jenny said when she was just five years old, there was nothing happening at all. Every time she puts on the radio, there was nothing going down at all. Not at all. We will only use the words ass, damn, hell, and bitch. We will never, however, use the words Shit, fuck, goddamn, Jesus Christ, faggot, or any other racial or sexual slurs. Now then, as it pertains to video, we promise there will be less dick references. Oh, shit. Watch your fucking mouth. Fuck me. God damn it. Fuck. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. Watch your fucking mouth. From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast here on episode number 135. Thank you for being with us. It's Monday, June 24th. And Quinn, before we get to the Royal Rankings, we do have a Patreon. You know that, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I got it. <laughs> you got it? Okay. It's, it's, I might forget next week. I'll I'm tell you sure. guys. Yeah, in case you guys don't know, we do have one. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Very simple. We have it so you can support the show if you want to. It's not this type of thing where we're going to lower the quality of the main show and try to get all this stuff on Patreon and make you pay too much for stuff. We don't do that. We don't do that. It's three very simple tiers, $2, $3, and $5. But right now, the $5 tier is on sale for one more week. The rest of June, you can actually get access to the $5 tier for just 2 bucks. And what the $5 tier is, it's Quinn and I doing every single WWF pay-per-view, including the big event we did, in order. Right. It's a full audio podcast, like two and a half, and WrestleMania 3, which is out now, is actually about three hours. Yeah. By coupon, we don't mean you have to enter some code no, no, or anything no. like that. Basically, all it is is that till the end of the month, it will be unlocked yep. for anybody on the $2 tier. You yes. can see the content. You can access the content on the $5 tier. That's correct. Only it, for the month, it ends. It ends. So if you want to keep it downloaded or whatever yep. you got to do. Exactly. And then if you want to keep getting those pay-per-view reviews, they're going to come out every single month. July will be Survivor Series 87. We're going to keep going from there. So check out patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate. We would appreciate it, but it's not going to stop us from doing this show. We're not mad if you don't donate, but right. we have some really cool extra content on there. And we encourage you to check it out. 
Especially now, while it's only two bucks for the uh, $5 tier. What a steal. It's a steal. And we won't be stealing from you, though. So, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn, we're doing the Royal Rankings this season, and this time around, it is the Intercontinental Champions. For anyone that's not familiar with the Royal Rankings are, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us lists of your top 10 and bottom 10 of something. And in this case, again, it was Intercontinental Champions. So all of the names were compiled and they were put into two separate tanks. We have one for the best and one for the worst. The top 10 of each make it to the final ranking table. Ranking table? It's it's a table of 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 a kind. Yes, that's right. And what we do is we randomly draw out every week two names and then we rank them. This week is the Royal Rankings, which obviously is the 10 best Intercontinental Champions of all time. There's four on the board right now. We're going to run that down. List is getting uh, big. It's huh? getting chunkier. It's yeah, getting a little chunky. Uh, so is one of the people on it. But oh, at, number, yeah. <laughs> at number one, so far, Quinn, the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time is Bret Hitman Hart. Yep, to your uh, joy yeah. and celebration. And to your uh, you know, to your credit, you are the one that fought for him to be on top of that I list as well. I think he should be. As of now, yes. Uh, number two is Randy Savage. Believe it or not, yes. Number two, Randy Savage. And we explain why. We explain I think, why. I think it's understood that he just really fought George Steele most of the time. <laughs> That's what happened. It was a really good match and elevated him and the belt. That's it. Number three, Razor Ramon. Not bad so far. We'll see where he winds up landing. And number four, Mr. Chunky himself, Chris Jericho. Jerky. He's a bit chunk. <laughs> Someone's got to be He wasn't four. chunk back then. No, not back then. So that's who's on now, but we're going to draw two more names out. Before we do that, we got to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time You are nothing but garbage, yeah. Nobody beats Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Nobody. I remember when they were changing your body pads. I'm the ultimate warrior. The night is up. No victory. That's J-E-double-F. J-A-double-R-E-double-C. Because Shawn Michaels is the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. There can only be one champ. And it's me. Shake, rattle, and roll. I don't care about the backstroke up the Mississippi. Woo! It is the Royal Rankings, week number three. We're going to add two more to the list, Michael Quinn. Yeah, two more. Two Can't more on the big old list there. On the big old list. Can't wait to find out who they are. Let's, uh... Let's let's cut right to the chase, if you will. Cut to the cheese. <laughs> yeah, let's just cut that cheese. Like <laughs> Mike Cheese Breath. Yeah. Why don't we all go down and find out who drew number five. There's only one superstar as far as I'm concerned, and you're looking at him, Mr. Perfect. Well, Quinn, he is what he says he is, and he says he's perfect. Uh, Mr. Perfecto, Mr. as Perfecto. Raymond would say. Perfecto. Kurt Hennig, he yeah. made it. He made it all right. Um, a lot of people seem to like uh, Mr. Perfect here. A lot of people voted for Mr. Perfect. A lot of people, when we throw out a little teaser on the Twitter there, they pick Mr. Perfect as the best Intercontinental Champion of all time. Um, yeah. Okay, Quinn might be here to tell us otherwise, but before we get to that part of it, let's just run down his two reigns. He only had two. It's pretty simple. 
He um, was in a feud with Brutus Beefcake, summer in the spring, actually, of 1990. Brutus the Barber. The Barber, yeah. right? Perfect record and all that. Yeah. WrestleMania 6. Now, He's per- cut it up. <laughs> Perfect, obviously, Quinn had won the Mr. Perfect gimmick from Terry Taylor. Right, in that famous <laughs> in match at WrestleFeast or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <he did. laughs> WrestleFeast 88. Also, we will be reviewing for Patreon. Oh, are we? Yes, we are. Oh, that's going to be on there? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that. Look at that. But Perfect has a pretty okay 1989. He establishes himself as perfect. That's his whole gimmick, right? He's perfect, perfect, perfect. He's so perfect. Good I at mean, every sport. He's lost matches before. <laughs> good at golf. Yeah. He's good at bowling. He's Wade Boggs' friend or something. <laughs> In real life, and yeah. kayfabe, he's yeah. friends with Wade Boggs. Hi, I'm Wade Boggs. I want to show you a perfect hitter. By 1990, they're still promoting him as undefeated, even though he lost like on televised house shows yeah. to Hogan, to I Warrior. Know. You know. I know. His first, I guess, canonical loss was at WrestleMania 6 to Brutus Beefcake, but the feud continued. However, when the Ultimate Warrior defeated Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6, mm-hmm. the title was vacated. Vacated was a champion. Yes, there was a vacancy in, yes. the, in the title. Uh, Jack picture Tony, there, Jack, never fucking again. Can't Will have that. anybody <laughs> be able to have two belts, even though that happens later? Fuck you, don't, yeah. you never have two belts, fuck off, basically, yeah. that's the point, yeah. right? The Ultimate Warrior has surrendered to me, as of this date, the Intercontinental Championship. Fuck you. So there's a tournament on the finals of the tournament on WWE Superstars in April of 1990. We come down to Mr. Perfect versus Tito Santana with his hot Latin music. Yeah, and I don't think anybody in the universe thought Tito was uh, regaining the I Intercontinental don't think so. title. It had been a while. It passed him by since the khakis incident of 86. Quinn. Right, the khakis. It had been four years. <laughs> it's been a while. I don't think he was. No. He was more of a strike force kind of guy. Yeah, and, that t- still wearing the tights even yeah. in 90. <laughs> with the little thunderbolt on <laughs> yeah. it or whatever. So Perfect comes out without the genius. Good. Eventually wins this little match. And who comes out at the end of this match here? Uh, Bobby the Brain. Yes, new manager so for that, Mr. This, Perfect. For everyone, that that was like a big deal, right? It was like, okay, Mr. Perfect is on the next level. Like, Bobby got, the Brain is with him. Not he's got the stupid A manager. Genius. Yeah, genius. Like, why was I that I love the character. I don't yeah. know. I love the genius character. I really do. But him with Perfect? Uh, come on. I don't know. Maybe, it was weird. Are they trying to say, like, the genius is smart enough to pick him, even though he's, like, a little smaller or something? Maybe. Because he's perfect. So he's why, perfect. why is that and a bad genius, choice? Right? Yeah, Maybe that's one of those. Santana! Good kicks to the midsection! Perfect again! Wait a minute! No! Two! He's got to Hold no! He beat him with the wrestling move! Not breaking the rule once, McMahon! Not like Chico! But anyway, Bobby Heenan, the new... Manager of Mr. Perfect in April of 1990, and Bobby has a champion again. Right. He had had Rude the year before as Intercontinental Champion. He had had the colostomy and lost that at WrestleMania 6. He needed a new title belt. And a new cornerstone of the Heenan family, along with Rick Rude. He's got the Intercontinental Champion. Great. So what Perfect does is feud with um, Brutus Beefcake, although he does have a hot rematch with uh, Tito Santana, I believe in July of 90 on mm-hmm. Saturday Night's Main Event. It's really good. Great yeah, match. I'll give him credit. I mean... He had some good stuff. His matches were okay. I just... I know. Like, <laughs> it's like, ultimately, it's kind of disappointing. The whole run to me. Well, here's the thing, right? So, Brutus Beefcake on the 4th of July, as we've already talked about in the Texas Tornado thing. Brutus Beefcake breaks his face. He's out of commission for SummerSlam. They bring in Kerry Von Erich anyway in July. So, he takes the spot. Big upset victory against Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam so 90. this dampens the whole thing. You think me. it's, it's damp like this, now? This breaks up everything, and why? Why? To put the big win on the big face at the big uh, pay-per-view. But he wasn't the face that was supposed to fight him. It was a horse face that was supposed to fight him. Mm-hmm. He, he's just going to fight the guy that Well, the other guy doesn't the have the face yeah, anymore. So they needed a new face. I don't like that. Sorry. I think it makes Mr. Perfect not this great Intercontinental Champion that they talk about. Well, we have another reign, so let's see. We'll, we'll see. 
So anyway, they have a nice uh, series of rematches, one of which I believe is on the October of 1990 MSG show. It's pretty good. Perfect does not regain it, however, until November, televised in December of 1990, with help from a special guest ring announcer, Ted DiBias. Yes, Ted DiBias. <laughs> which, that whole thing is confusing. Yeah, I, I mean, that feels like, I don't know why, maybe it's just because 90s, a lot of this, it feels like in the vein of how, like, brother love is involved with the macho man kind yeah, of thing like right here's just some ancillary, ancillary. person like yep. what like why are they there right right so perfect regains it and uh doesn't defend it on pay-per-view anyway all the way until wrestlemania i believe in the interim he had had some uh, matches with roddy piper which right. obviously piper didn't win it he probably won matches by dq or lost him by well, DQ. piper doesn't lose he doesn't lose he's a main eventer <laughs> yeah like, exactly he, he's a I feel in a weird way it's like lowering himself to like fight Mr. Perfect. You think so? Well, yeah, when he fought per- the Mountie later. Yeah, that stuff's stupid too, but that was just a means to an end so he true. could just get a belt. True, true, true. So anyway, Perfect uh, is still in, in battled in a feud with the big boss man because the big boss man, well, he's had his feelings hurt because... Well, okay, so let's, <laughs> let's start here, right? <laughs> yes. This thing wasn't even intended for Mr. Perfect. Not originally, It no. was intended for Rick Rude. Correct. Because he came out and defended Bobby or whatever... And well, they were making fun of Bossman's mom. Yeah, and then Jack Tunney was like, "Never fucking again will Rick Rude work here." Or whatever. <laughs> yep, like, that's what it was. He's like, made fun of his mom. So, that's so dumb. Oh, it's extremely. And now, Mister Perfect has to take the mantle. Well, Bobby yeah. The brain. Before he takes that mantle, Bossman systematically goes through everybody else in the stable. He goes through the Barbarian. He Haku goes through Haku and shit like Bobby that. himself yeah. in a series of ball and chain matches. <laughs> Remember that <laughs> on Coliseum a video? Stick a ball and chain. To- he you actually gotta, you did. You got to address all the parts in the song <laughs> it's in the it's in the canon that's true and finally we get this big anticipated match at wrestlemania 7 and it's really short and boss man looks a lot better than perfect does in this match and in he doesn't fact, win to the point where i'm like why didn't he just win yeah a lot of people thought that like i could have just won big boss man's been doing this crap forever <laughs> right like, it's like okay just end this shit yeah let's win Mr. perfect right yeah. right but perfect retains uh by dq then, in some point in the summer, he injures his back, I believe in June or July. I think he had been fighting British Bulldog a little bit on the house show yeah, circuit. Yeah, but that whole big boss man thing just disappeared just off the disappeared. face of the earth. Like, yeah. I don't know why. Because they transitioned the heat for, from that to, like, Andre, who was a big, big yeah. face, him feuding with Bobby on, like, prime time even and all that. Andre the, can't even walk. He's the, got, like, devil sticks with him or whatever. But, you know, like on, it was like a prime time variety show feud with, yeah. the, with the Jello or whatever they did with Wasn't Bobby. was the thing where Andre made Bobby step on the grapes or yes. something? In like a kiddie pool. Literally, yeah. They're stealing storylines from I Love Lucy on that fucking show. What's your friend from? I'm a (laughs) Anyway, Perfect kind of sits out because his back is fucked, but he returns to put over Bret Hart, whom we talked about in week one. In a great match. In a very Um, great match. And I think it's the best thing of the entire them run i guess of the two probably yeah. i mean uh, there's also the good tito stuff but uh, obviously brett and perfect had a lot of mutual respect for Let each me, other can i ask you a question no. are you not a fan of this match or something because i thought you would have big support like this would be why mr perfect would be big in your eyes because it just being a brett fan and i oh, love I, I i i think this is a good match too i love like the moment i love the moment i love the feel i love the match i like their king of the ring 93 match better to be honest with is you is that really yeah, it's I a lot never better. thought that was as good as this. I think it is, but eh, to each his own, yeah. right? And that's it. I mean, Perfect doesn't even wrestle Lloyd's of London and all that yeah. for a long time. 
Now the Lloyds, right? Like he wasn't really. really he was hurt, hurt at first, yes, uh, yeah, but not much later. I don't. think Well, so, right? I mean, when he suddenly was able to wrestle again in November '92, I'm yeah. pretty sure he had been fine for a while. Yeah, yeah. but I don't blame. Look, just side tangent here. If you work in a physically demanding sport in the early 90s, especially with the drugs and the steroids and all the bullshit that goes along with it, right? Town to town, 280 shows a year, maybe more, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a chance to collect money and sit there and do commentary. You yeah. fucking take that chance. Well, I, in Perfect's mind, I'm saying he's 34 years old around that I'm time. I'm not going to lie, though. I get it. As much as I, I want the wrestlers to be okay and whatnot. Yeah. But... I did think the Lloyds of London in general was like kind of a plague on wrestling for a while because... Oh, yeah. Rude did it too. Right. I guess because like it started like it's good, right? They have time to recover. But then it turned into some guys just for years. Like they, wouldn't, they just wouldn't do their fucking job. They were just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to stick around and be here, but I'm not going to do anything. And you're like, well, I know. Well, it's one thing if you get injured and you're out for six months to a year, but yeah. like it, four years later or something, yeah, and you're still not wrestling. Meanwhile, you have guys like Brett, like Sean, even despite right. all the shit I say about 97, but in the earlier 90s, who worked through injury. You know why? Because they were hungry. They wanted it more. Right. And Perfect had accomplished a lot by then. And anyway, that's the end of his IC title reigns. And he's remembered very fondly as an Intercontinental Champion. And we'll get to that during ranking time. But now it's time to find out who drew. Number six. You smell what the rock is cooking? Quinn, do you smell that? I smell what the rock is cooking. Oh, yeah. Burgers. Yeah, it's that guy in the audience (laughs) at Survivor Series 98. (laughs) Exactly. He's the actual cook. So the rock got votes, uh, quite a few, to be on this list. Quinn, now the rock had a... A very fun, I'm going to call it fun, Intercontinental title reign. I think but so. But he also had a poor one. Yeah. Before that, when he was Rocky Maivia. So right. that Rocky kind of, sucks, or and, die, Rocky, die. <laughs> die, Rocky, die. So I guess we'll run through those. Yeah, pretty sure. simple. So The Rock comes in at Survivor Series 96, and he's very high, yeah, right, of like, course. Blue chipper. <laughs> yes, there's a blue chipper there, third generation. His mom was the booker. His yeah, dad. the strappy things. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that was. The, the Venetian blinds Stupid outfit. hair. <laughs> very bad hair. Yeah. His dad, obviously, Rocky Johnson. His grandfather on his mom's side, uh, Peter <laughs> Mayavia. And he comes in and is basically a big white meat baby face. Oh, my goodness. Very 80s style, truthfully. Oh, yeah. He's smiling all over the place. Everything he does just works out yep. like he see, even steven he, he, very even steven yeah <laughs> but he's impressive physically if nothing else he's got a good build a good look right not much in the way of wrestling ability just yet he's solid not but even he, much in the way of charisma or no, anything like, no. like it's kind of weird to think the rock who would be known as like the best promo of all time right the most electrifying when he man started all he that. was just like oh, i'm gonna win thank like, you kevin kelly i'm yeah. so humbled and honored to be here You're like right. oh, yeah, Kev- a- rocky how do you feel about survivor series yeah, you know yeah. and all that shit it's real folks What's it going to feel like to walk through that curtain, to enter the pallet halls of MSG, and to see the squared circle there ready to compete with your teammates at the uh, Survivor Series? And I tell you, it's a feeling of elation right now. I'm so jacked right now. I mean, I could do it right now. Now? No, tomorrow, get now! After a couple of months of this, he's still semi over as a face. Not like no one's booing him just yet. It wasn't yet. horrible. It wasn't horrible yet. You know what yet. I always felt like he was? He was kind of a replacement to Ahmed Johnson. Like, as far as, like, yeah. that was, like, this big face, like, 
He's he's in good shape yep. and stuff. Like you and know, he would actually wind up taking the People's Champion moniker from Ahmed too. Right, yeah. Ahmed used to be that. Anyway, so he uh, faces Triple H in February of '97. Now Triple H was not the Triple H yet. He was still Hunter Hearst. Yeah, he was very <laughs> annoying too. <laughs> Hunter Hearst H. Yeah, but he had just gotten China, so he was finally microscopically starting to get some actual heat for he once. Had the, the big coat. <laughs> yeah, and the good music. Right. Ode to Joy, so, <laughs> which was great. Right. So anyway, The Rock with the big upset. New Intercontinental Champion, yay, great. And then he has this god-awful feud with the Sultan. The Sultan thing is, that's when... What the fuck? To me, that's like when I was like, what the fuck? Why? Why is this happening? And not only that, at various points in this feud, he has not only his daddy to help him out, remember yep. at WrestleMania 13? Like, wow, what a pussy. Like, he can't even like do it by himself. The week before that, or sometime on Raw, Tony Atlas also surfaced to help wow. him out. I mean, and this is Pat tag partner. Yeah, I his get dad's it. tag partner, but still, like 1983 coming in to help him. No one even knew yeah. who that was yeah. in '97. Like seriously, unless you were really into wrestling, uh, if you were a kid, you probably did not know who Tony Atlas was in '97. Personally, at the time, because I just got into wrestling, but I'm sure there was a lot of people. Because '83, that's the time when a lot of people came in to wrestle. Like, that's true. And so the teenagers in the crowd probably knew, like, oh wow, when I first started watching, they were like the tag team champions, and this is their like one of their sons. You know, like this is this, <laughs> this is, is their cool. own son. Yeah, <laughs> and they're gonna fight that fuck Bob Backlund <laughs> and, 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 and Iron Sheik. Yeah, maybe they did it for the '80s nostalgia, right? That's it was what still they did. bad though. Yeah. It was very bad. Yeah. But so anyway, lukewarm title run continues through the end of April, and then in one of my favorite Owen Hart moments. He happily beats The Rock in uh, on Raw in <laughs> April of '97. Well, my favorite part about that is that the Hart Foundation's like sitting on the ramp, just like watching over Owen. They don't interfere or anything. Brett's then, in his wheelchair, right? And they don't interfere. No, Owen they don't. Just beats the shit out. He just wins. He wins clean. He just wins clean, and then he walks up like all happily, like showing the presenting belt to, it like, to like, Brett yeah, and the rest of the Hart Foundation. Brett during his Professor X phase, yeah. where he was like the evil mastermind. I yeah, love that era, by the way. It's very good, but it shows how much no one cared about The Rock. Right, so, and Owen just. <laughs> like drops him like a sack of shit like he just <laughs> destroys him and i'll have to drop it in right here but i'm pretty sure a lot of people cheer when owen wins too <laughs> well, of course they do everyone always cheers when owen wins a title they're always yeah. happy for owen yeah. it's yeah. always like yes yeah. it was good <laughs> owen hart with a penny combination so the rock uh takes some legitimate time off in the summer of 97 due to an injury when he comes back in august it is as a heel and with a jo- fanny pack. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is. And he joins the Nation of Domination and again, incidentally, replacing the injured Ahmed Johnson in the right. nation. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah. He kept he, scooping Ahmed's spot. Well, because Ahmed kept fucking up. I, his <laughs> liver fell out, and then he I was know. just kind of dumpy when he came back. Well, and Really like, bad when he yeah. came back. So The Rock now finally begins to be charismatic, gain promo time, become so entertaining that he begins to, in kayfabe and in real life, usurp Farouk as the leader right. of the nation. So this gets weird. This quick. gets weird. Uh, because Farouk... Because, a damn fine talker, by the here, way. Yeah, here's this is what I Underrated. always like to say about Farouk because I don't think it's remembered this way. Is that a lot of people because the Rock just like blew it out of the water yeah. after the fact. A lot of people don't remember is Farouk was a fucking badass like when he was in the Nation of Domination. Ninety seven Farouk is awesome. He's like, so he good. Like, is if good. you go back and watch it, you're like, why didn't they continue with this? <laughs> right. Like it's cool. He, like, he, he was just underappreciated and overshadowed, right? By all the Brett Austin Michaels, all that stuff. Well, the thing that I liked about Farouk good. looking back is he wasn't silly. 
He was no nonsense. Was dead serious all the time. Right. right. But it, The Rock was silly. Right. The Rock was silly. So I think the crowd kind of got behind that. They're like, yeah. oh, we can kind of relate to him a little bit more. And our first big glimpse of this silliness is in December of 1997. This is what I love about this title run for The Rock, by the way. It's so stupid. So in December of 1997, Steve Austin uh, defeats Owen Hart at DX in your house right. in a very short match because Austin was still was kind still of just coming back. Yeah. This was revenge for breaking his neck or whatever, yes. right? So he's the Intercontinental Champion again, but the next in our Raw, Vince, who had not turned heel yet, but it was after Montreal, so no one likes him. Yeah. He decides to strip Austin of the title and award it to The Rock, if you <laughs> recall. Like, Rocky didn't even win his first IC title. Or second. His second, second yeah. I should say, yeah. No, as The Rock. It, you know what was weird, too? It felt so natural that they just handed it to The Rock for in a weird way because of the fact that ever since he lost it, he was kind of just waiting to get it back. Yes. Like, th- there was this weird, like, waiting period, yeah, yeah. right? Like, you know what I mean? So I do. It just felt like, I, it actually felt like, because everyone knew, it's like, well, he's going to get it back eventually. I always felt that way, even as a kid. Right, right. So, like, when Vince handed it to him, I was like, what an ass. Like, <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? He just waited here and he weaseled in, like, right when he, like, right when he had an opportunity. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the same promo where the three of them are in the ring, The Rock, Vince, and Austin. And <laughs> Vince is, like, upset with Austin about something. And The Rock butts in. The Rock thinks you should fire him, Vince. And Vince is like, stay out of this. I think <laughs> that's good. what it is. What are you going to do? Are you going to fire me? Vince, The Rock thinks you should fire him. Stay out of this. You stay out of this. So anyway, The Rock basically has a pseudo honky-tonk man run now into 98 where he acts like he's the greatest damn Intercontinental Champion of all time, the people's champion. He acts right. all good. His main feud, his real only real feud is with Ken Shamrock to start the reign. Right. Shamrock wins it technically at WrestleMania 14, but the decision's immediately reversed. With dusty finish. Dusty right finish. And then we get the height of this run for The Rock. And ultimately, what launched him and Triple H as real upper mid-carters, this great DX versus Nation feud in 98. Right. So, and this gets started mainly because this is now The Rock has kicked Farouk out yep. after WrestleMania, Correct. right? Yeah. Um, and I, I always remember that, actually. Like, I don't, I remember that as it was happening, like, still where I was sitting and everything in the living room. Yeah. And I, like, I couldn't believe it for whatever reason at the time. I was like, I got why it was happening, but I was like, man, like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, like, I was like, well... Like, what's Farouk going to do? Right, like, right. I remember thinking that specifically. I was like, like, he's like, the, he was the leader of this thing forever. Yeah. Like, it, it, and they just threw him out like a sack of crap. Yep. Like, they just, they just chucked him out. And by this point, The Rock is turning into The Rock that we all know and love. He's got right. the shirts and the catchphrases are starting to come right. in. And DX has just turned face after WrestleMania shortly right. after. So this all culminates in a great feud between the factions, which is some good mid-card stuff. But the two top guys, Triple H and The Rock have a very good, maybe not an all-timer, but a very good ladder match for the IC at now, is that the SummerSlam. Red ladder or whatever? Red ladder. Yeah. Uh, SummerSlam 98, which The Rock gets a lot of cheers here, but so does Triple H, and the Triple... Uh, and the Triple... The and Triple H the wins. Triple H, yes. <laughs> and finally, The Rock's reign comes to an end, and that's it for him as Intercontinental Champion. He never Doesn't has it He again. never regains it back, no, huh? No. Okay. So that's the end of The Rock's run. Uh, I would argue that it was really good towards the end there. And again, we'll see where we fit in during ranking time. But that Well, you know what I'm going to say about that run before we get yeah. off of it? Uh-huh. To me, in my brain, that's one of the last, like, classic, classic. runs. Like, that, it is. Like, meaning that it, like, 
it had like a beginning part like where he's like a face and then he turns heel in the middle loses it yep. he gets it back and then he's like this ultra heel champion yep. and he loses it in like epic fashion at, yeah. at SummerSlam that's always when they did that the shit with face the Intercontinental would win it. Yep. yeah like <laughs> always like that's how they handled the Intercontinental title always and like this was like the last time they were in a big match mm-hmm. this is like the real last time that happened yep it's the end of the glory years and it was also during the Rock's run I should mention that the belt switched yeah, the, the, the physical belt. Switched, yeah, yeah, right around WrestleMania. Uh, just trivia there. And I really feel like after Triple H lost it, then it just was hot potato. After that, yep. like it was, it wasn't like a coveted belt anymore. You're right. And The Rock was the last, maybe truly great one, especially the '90s. Maybe there was a couple after that, but it is now ranking time, Quinn. So we have again to recap: Bret Hart at number one, Randy Savage number two, Razor Ramon number three, and Chris Jericho number four. I guess we'll just start perfect against Jericho, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because the, li- the list is small enough. Well, I will say perfect is better than Jericho, without I ha- question. I would have to say so. I mean, two weeks ago when we talked about Jericho, we mentioned that he had like, yes, he had it the most, mm-hmm. but that's like literally the only clout yeah, I think uh, he uh, has on this unfortunately list. Unfortunately for him, I mean, I I hate to say it, it was just kind of like whatever. It was very late, and then the co-champions thing with China that That grinds my gears. That absolutely ruined it. You think that was a stupid way to start out his run? It always made everything he did seem dumb. (laughs) Like it's just like why? Why did they do that? I don't know. And then he had to this day. I'm like baffled, Joe. You are, huh? Yeah, it really bothers. I never liked it. Yeah, and I didn't like that they had just a lot of these really short, like two week runs with the title. Like, yeah, you're a nine time champion. But how many really good defenses did he have? Or how yeah. many, you know what I'm saying? I think it doesn't really need to be. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Yeah. I think maybe I'll be wrong. Yeah, we'll have to we see who else there is. I really think Chris Jericho's going to end up like 10 or something. Yeah, he might. Maybe Quinn. 9. I, you know, it depends. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know who else is going to be entering. Yeah. But Okay, so we're definitely in agreement that he's above Jericho. What about Perfect versus Ramon, which was also a hot feud in 93? <laughs> I think Perfect's slightly better okay let's talk about why slightly better because he had the big end the The grand finale it seems like one of the biggest marks for everyone is this grand final farewell intercontinental title match where they lose it that seems to be a trend for the really good ones well brett had one against bulldog Mm -hmm. savage had one against steamboat Razor, well, the last time he lost it was against Goldust. It wasn't very good, but Razor lost. Eh, well, none of Razor's was just kind of his way on his way out. <laughs> yeah. like he was just like, yeah, okay, whoever needs it right now, right. whatever, just drop it. Piper had a good one against Brett, etc. Yeah, you might be right. So you're, so just on perfect versus Brett alone. I don't. Well, what know. else can we Tito match on something? Like, yeah, but Razor had the freaking Intercontinental Ladder match. I think that puts him above Mister Perfect. Oh, you think it puts? Him above? Well, I don't mm-hmm. know. Oh, here's the thing. A lot of people, like we said, as a reflex, say that he's one of the greatest of all time. Let's try to understand that. Why do you think people I, say okay, that? I'll tell you why. I think it's the it's the same thing with the Randy Savage thing. Okay. It seemed important when he lost it to Bret Hart. Like It seemed like he'd been some great Intercontinental Champion because the storyline built him up that way. They acted like, well, he's kind of generally been the Intercontinental Champion since 1990. Yeah. And now we're at SummerSlam 91 and... You know, for kids back then, that's a long time, right? That's like a year and a half. Sure. It probably felt like an eternity at the time. So it felt like Mr. Perfect was just really always, you know, even though he wasn't because of the whole Texas tornado thing. Four months where he wasn't. Right. I think a lot of fans just, they came out of that thinking like, man, nobody will ever be as great as Mr. Perfect is as the Intercontinental Champion. Because to them, when they were growing up, that seemed like he was always the Intercontinental Champion when they first started watching wrestling. He had, except for that interruption by Von Erich from April of 90 until August of 91, that was his scene. Right. 
And he didn't do much with it, at least that was televised. That's the problem. Right. It's kind of a house show champion on top of it. Yeah, and a very good one. Right. Now, but Razor, yeah. we talked about him uh, for you know a couple of weeks now. I think we both agreed that his third reign doesn't count because that was like the four-day yeah. one with yeah. Jeff Jarrett or whatever, right? And it, Razor was his, only kind of, his good stuff was the first run, really. Remember we talked about that too? Yeah. It's tough, though, because he's got the ladder match. Right. That's the one defining thing of his reign is the ladder well, match with Michaels. Well, here's the thing also. Yeah, is Michaels has also been the Intercontinental Champion, too. So perhaps maybe he's also has that. All, and I would probably hmm. think he's better. Right. <laughs> well, Kurt, okay, you know what? I can put Kurt perfect. As much as I love Razor as the Intercontinental Champion, mm-hmm. Kurt Hennig with Bobby Heenan, yeah. That worked, and that helped elevate the title, or kept it elevated yeah. throughout 90. Yeah, no. Let me put it that way. I think Razor Ramon, there's he's consummate champion, too, but I think that Perfect just edges him out a little bit, probably just because of that ending. Like, the way it ended was good. Against Bret Hart, fair and square. Yeah. Got it, his tights it, it, it ripped came, off. It came off like, yeah, okay, here's like the end of this run. Do like, we want to talk about Coach? <laughs> John Tolos. Well, that was like for a match. That was hideous, too. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm okay with putting Perfect above Razor. I'm, I'm sure just, people at home are screaming, you know, why wouldn't we? But Razor had comparable fucking matches and shit like that. And the he had the ladder match. The problem is, though, that Razor, after the first run, the rest are like courtesy reigns. After the first like, two, really. They're, yeah, they're like, whatever. You know, like... Razor might have even had better pay-per-view matches, because Perfect didn't defend it at Rumble 91, obviously, and yeah. a few, but... But Mr. Perfect, I think, as vague as this sounds, feels more like an Intercontinental Champion, like feels like a better champion. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I could say the same about Razor Ramon. When I first started watching wrestling, yeah, he was I know. Like always the Intercontinental same. Champion. Perfect, though, had Bobby Heenan. Right. That's a plus right there. That helps elevate it. Remember, we're not just doing match quality. We're considering everything holistically, total reign, everything that involved... Oh, fuck. This is actually hard, but I think I'm going to put Mr. Perfect above Razor if you want to. Uh, the fact that you struggled that much, I don't know if he could top Randy Savage. I don't know. I don't think that's even happening. Well, all right. But, let's, but here's the thing is that... Let's give it a fair shake. Here's the big problem with Randy Savage is this, this George Steele shit. It's like too much. Like it, yeah, it's, I know. It's like the majority of the thing. And Tito. The, the problem for Mr. Perfect is that Randy Savage literally had the greatest intercontinental championship match ever basically in my opinion yeah i know i know um, and i w- i would say that perfect did not have a better ic match than savage did no yeah and i like the brett one but no but way. i will also say this randy savage brought the intercontinental title to a height where it was i can't believe that it was like pretty much at the level of the world title at that wrestle at wrestlemania 3 no less very big match right now perfect though to be fair i mean his match with um Bret Hart was very big. His match against Bossman was so well promoted, but it was such a fart, that match. It the sucked. WrestleMania match. It was such a fart. sucked. I didn't like it. He wasn't very good in it. Bossman yeah. was good. I think they both have a level of elegance uh, in terms of being, maybe not elegance, but the prestige to the belt. They yeah. both have that. They're that to the belt. Those yeah. two guys, Those I, I. that's what I think of Savage and Perfect. They made the belt important. I just think Savage made it a little bit more important. I than, think, per- and, yeah. And Savage took it from kind of Pedro Morales garbage belt to right, like, right. like a big deal. <laughs> and Perfect kept it there, and then Brett kept it there too, but added even better match, consistent match quality to it. Yeah. And that's kind of why Brett's at the top. Think, is that what you're saying? You know what I'm thinking too is that Perfect is like, he's the first, even though Savage was a good worker, well, like at the beginning, yeah. I'm saying at the beginning of the run, it wasn't really thought that way. And it was really only till that one match at the end of his run. This is true. But Mr. Perfect kind of injected that little bit of, um, 
okay, this is like a real worker's worker. This is a wrestler's belt. Yeah, this is like, Mr. Perfect was the first, like, where this is going to be the trend now. Yeah. yeah. You got to remember, folks, even though Savage is regarded as a great worker, uh, 86, he was still doing a lot of that Memphis bullshit. Yeah. Uh, which is working. Don't get me wrong. It's work, you know, and that yeah. it works the crowd. But he was doing half comedy matches and comedy spots with George Steele. Right. He wasn't putting on, you know, these four-star matches all but the time. But he was so different after he had that match with Steamboat. Like, after that, his career became a well, worker. Yeah, because he combined the the wrestling quality with the outlandishness and right. funneled that into like 88 and 89, the right. Savage and that we all he, know and, and he love. took it all the way to the world title. Correct. But I'd say that Savage's one intercontinental title reign stands out more than either of Perfect's. That's true. So we want to just keep Perfect at number three then? Yeah, I think that's a... I, this list looks good to me so far. I think I, so. I, I like it. I mean, again, Perfect's in the top three, folks, so it's not like we're shitting on him. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, but now we have The Rock. The Rock. So he's cooking. Now, this really snuck up on me, but I'm feeling really good about this run because I like that it starts where it's like he's kind of shitty. It's one. Of, it's weird because he worked through the run, and at the by the end of it, he was like one of the greatest. Hmm. Like it's, I, I, I like the ascension. As he's as he starts with the belt, as he's kind of this dumpy newcomer yeah, person. His ninety seven, but then f- but, first run is but crap. he ramps up and like by the end, it, like it really felt like there's like career growth. There was through these reigns. Well, that's the thing. All right, so the rocks. Let's just focus on his second run because you know his first one was what it well, was. I think it's right? important to the story. It of is. the rocks intercontinental. Yeah, title. he had a few months with it and uh, lost it in disappointing fashion. You know, in kayfabe to Owen Hart. Yeah, but and also though that that run is what the, sowed the seeds, even though it was on intentional but it sowed the seeds for the rock to come back with a uh-huh. like a like so angry a blue like, chip on his shoulder huh. right because he came he comes back and i mean what what really was the beginning of all this was then when he gave the die rocky die speech yeah, about how August. the fans you know they they screwed him they mm-hmm. list, they they disowned him in yeah. the middle of his first run yep and he yep. kind of blamed them so, for why he lost so like, it's important to the story right okay and then the second run let's clarify here this is december of 97 until august of 98 Mm-hmm. continually he was the intercontinental champion for a long ass time most of 1998 and it elevated him this right. run elevated the rock and, right. it, and was uh, like you said before the last great run that someone had had with the belt until randy orton but like that's years like, later yes that's a long ass time so the rock is immediately in my opinion better than chris jericho right. without even breaking oh, that oh, down I, yeah without breaking those and walls I down think, i think there's not even like a comparison i think he's better than razor ramon like well, I, I'm very. I think about this run, and I think of like development, and like for Razor, this was the peak. There wasn't much growth after this, you know what right. I mean? And and to the Rock, it was. It felt like a. By the end of it, I felt like I watched an arc. Like it was an arc. Yeah, like I felt like I from from Rocky Maivia winning the yeah. title to the Rock, right? Losing it and then moving on to greener pastures in the world title. But like, you got to remember, Vince Russo never did anything good, Quinn. No, okay, he's horrible. He fucking yeah, sucks. He's the worst. He's horrible. Yeah. You should hate him because other people hate him. But all joking aside, yeah. Vince Russo, he wrote a good arc for, he for did. fucking rock here. Yeah, or helped with it, whatever oh, he did. Whatever he did here, I mean, this this goes from nothing to something. Which is rare. Yeah. You know, to real, really. In two reigns. I'll put him above Razor. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to put him above Per. Well, hang on. Well, uh, I, wow. I, mm. They both have ladder matches, Rock and Razor. The Razors is better. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, the, I mean, we can't get too carried away. I mean, we're match quality, you know. I hey, mean, The Rock wasn't any shitty match quality. If you ask yeah, me. you didn't have anything great though, except that ladder match. I guess the, you know, maybe, I don't know if it was perception, and I have to go back and watch all the matches. But at the time, I'm I'm not joking here. I'm not trying to yeah, like I'm, just 
inflate anything, but I, I, I felt like I could see the rock's ring improvement as it went on. And I yeah. thought that I thought by the end of the run, he was a pretty good, he was very pretty good wrestler, solid wrestler. But I'm like, just saying, yeah, like, his, I guess his reign is not defined by matches. It's defined by just being the rock and coming into his own as a character, which right. is as much as part of being a champion as match quality is. Right. I think razor was one character the whole time. Yeah. He was you a little be, flatter could, as a yeah, champion. Yeah. Consummate champion, very good, very good enough to make the list. Obviously, right. I just think he's, I think he's a step above. I, not even like edging him out. I think he's a step above him. Like, what about the, perfect the, then? Rock so this perfect. is this is really tough for me. Like I, I think there's a world where the Rock could surpass Mister Perfect. I think that's a that's like an actual possibility. As much as people don't want to believe that, well, they both lost it in a very good match, right? You know, Mr. Perfect and Randy Savage kind of established that, like, that's how a good intercontinental yeah, champion right, goes right. out, right? In like, yeah. the, in, like, the best match of their run. Sure. Like, and, and same with The Rock. He, that was probably the best match of his run. Was, uh, yeah, it was. Definitely. was going out to, to that, that Triple way. H. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Perfect is... Yeah, I don't know if he can... Why is he better than The Rock? Is he? Is Perfect better than The Rock? Just because it was earlier... Just because people grew up with Perfect as the IC champion, that's no reason. The thing I mean, is but- also is what you can say about Perfect, too, and I'm starting to see a trend here. Bret Hart, Randy Savage, right? Yeah. They are Intercontinental Champions who, that they were they were ascending as they lost the title, like which is different. Oh, yeah, right. Now, Mr. Perfect, he plateaued. At and the then he left, yeah. And, then, and Razor was the same way. And, and, and Mr. Perfect didn't go to WCW, win world titles. Or, and he, didn't, he never ascended right. it. And Razor never ascended either. No. The Rock did. The Rock did. They took it off of him because he was ready for the world title. Yeah, and but I mean, Essentially. It, it, it's that run, those two runs at world champion from nothing to, he was the hottest shit ever by the end of, by the end of his run. Put him like, above perfect, right? I think, yeah. I And I, uh, I know people don't want to hear that, but Mr. Perfect. I'm doing it. He just... I'm with you. It, it's disappointing. Like, it really is disappointing. Like, I, I want... In my brain, like I look at Mr. Perfect, he looks like an Intercontinental Champion, right? Sure, yeah. He he seems to have all these things, but just nothing came of it. Like he, it's like shitty boss man feud that he that doesn't they don't finish really. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're right. Like he loses it to Texas Tornado, so there's like a four month break. I guess going into his run, it felt like man, this guy's just gonna this is gonna be the best Intercontinental title run. Like this is a worthy successor to the Ultimate Warrior, right? And it did start well with the Santana rematches and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the early summer. And then it just kind of turned into this thing where you're like, I want this to be better. Like every time you're watching it, like I want it to be better. And it's just like and it ends in this great match and you're like, Okay, this is good. Yeah. And then he never it. wins it back. He never even like ascends. Nothing no. fucking happens. Like So do you think it's the idea of Mr. Perfect as Intercontinental Champion that people really like versus what actually transpired? Right. I think it's it's the it, people are still living in the prospect phase that they yeah. as a kid when he won it in ninety in the tournament. Yeah. Like they're still living in that bubble where they're like, Man, this is can't get much better than this and then like I don't know, it just was whatever. I'm with you. I, I put the rock above him. I'm putting the yeah. rock above him with you. I don't think the rock should be above Savage, and here's why. Match quality be damned. We we can't pick many standouts for either of them except for the one where they lost it, right? right. The rock and Savage. Uh it did just as much for the belt and Savage's character as the Rocks did. And you can't underestimate the impact Savage had yeah. overall on the title history. Correct. Like, that that's really the that's really the thing that keeps Savage Right uh, now, separated two, yeah. from things. It's right. like if he didn't establish this title, right, through promos and stuff, promos, yeah, yeah. and the and the big feud with Steamboat, right. The belt was great for The Rock, 
but the rocks run with the belt it was more for the rocks career which is and which is great i'm not that's yeah. not a bad thing you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. yeah i think that and then, uh, and, and then if you just want to talk about brett for two seconds yeah I, I know he's not facing up against him but what's separating brett right now is just consistent match quality um stories for almost every single opponent he fought yep. um he lost it well with the bulldog. Yes, um, he, he did. His he gained it well Both against times. Mr. Perfect and Piper. Yeah, it's and like it every, kept the it kept the prestige right, the importance. It's th- just like every aspect is pretty good. Um, where there's not as many flaws as Randy Savage or The Rock, the George Steele, and The Rock mainly yeah. having very short matches because that's just what right. wrestling was. I think I think we're set here. I think The Rock stays at number three. Yep. I think Savage is better than The Rock. I right? do. I yeah, do. Okay. And and it's more about what he did for the title. If there'd been a if there'd been a champion before him that had kind of really established it, I don't think Savage would be as high. Maybe not. But I think it's it's Savage's place in history. And that's a great place, him. right? Yeah, that's yeah. a great place to have. All right, so we're set now. We're gonna keep the rock at number three. What a climb for him entering here, debuting this I, week. I'm and, surprised, but when we we talked through it, I was like, "This is a good fucking it was run. really I, good run." That yeah, second I, one, this yeah, is pretty damn. Good. And I and I love how it works with the first one being kind of shitty. Like it uses that as its seed, right? Like you know what I mean. And I I think that's so cool. Like they don't do stuff like the only other person I could think who did something like that was like was Santino. Was like that's what his <laughs> career was about. Yeah, yeah. The, the seed of his second run was the <laughs> fact that his first was so shitty. Yeah. The, Milan Miracle, yeah, one, right? Like, yeah, it's like, but that's like the only other time I can. Well, maybe we'll we'll think of another time we as we're doing more. this. But yeah, all right. But it's time for the official rankings here. As of week number three of the Royal Rankings, number one is still Bret Hart. Number two, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Number three, a very high entrant for the newcomer. It wow. is the Rock. That's a good one. That's good a one. good entrant right there, Mister Perfect. No slouch though. At number four, yeah, not pretty, bad. That's pretty good considering like the flaws we yeah. talked about. Perfect is pretty flawed if you yeah. think about it. Number five, Razor Ramon, and pulling up the rear and chomping down on some Twinkies is Chris Jericho at number six. Folks, that's our Royal Rankings. You can let us know what you think about that. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us or join the group and let us know there. But Quinn, when we come back, we are going to shine a spotlight on the World Wrestling Federation in November of 1993. It's WWF Spotlight, and it's coming up right after this. Madison Square Garden, SummerSlam, Bret the Hitman Hart. I could stand out here and call you names. I could call you a grease ball. I could call you what, whatever I wanted to call you, I could call you. But I'm going to give it to you, Bret Hart. You have all the talent in the world. You're one of the few men in the World Wrestling Federation who has the talent to crawl into the ring with the Intercontinental Champion. I know one thing. You won't crawl out, Intercontinental Champion. Stop! Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. 
And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's episode number 135. Before we shine a little light on the WF in November of 1993, Quinn, we have to shine a little light on some other podcasts that are very good wrestling podcasts. You know about them? Maybe. I can tell you about them. Please. Okay, please let me know about these podcasts. <laughs> okay, so there's three friends of the show that we want to shout out. One of them is called the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, WPAN. It is hosted by two guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business. Is it about something? It's about wrestling, actually. Uh, why is it? Why they call it that? They like Seinfeld or something oh, like that. Oh, that show. That show. Yeah. And anyway, one of them is a retired referee. Definitely does not referee anymore. No, I, I know that for a fact. <laughs> yeah. His name is Mike Crockett. He's joined each and every week, though, by a guy that actually wrestles, and he wrestles in the ring of honor. He is one half of the bouncers, the brawler Brian Malonis. And does that mean the uh, Wine City Whaler over there, does he have to handshake after every match or what? Or before? They, they, they don't do that anymore. Why not? Well, I don't know. They've they lost their honor. the damn name. Like, <laughs> ring sorry, of, Quinn. Ring of disrespect. <laughs> but you'll respect this podcast, folks, because it's two guys that have actually worked in the business. They give their perspective as fans. Sometimes they will interview people from the New England Matt Wars. Sometimes they'll review something. We do that, too. I don't yeah. know. It's not a novel idea or anything. Hey, but, but they, 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 they do some good reviews they over do. there. I, I've heard them. I like I've them. heard them as well. They're good. So check out the wrestling podcast about nothing, WPAN, and also check out the critically acclaimed, very critically acclaimed. Always the critics. They just they can't get enough of this show. Jay Sherman really likes it. Yeah. It is called Greetings from Allentown. And it's hosted by one very quirky fellow, Little Petey Winston. A uh, little baby Petey. Little baby yeah, Petey. He is he's rocking and rolling through the time machine of wrestling. <laughs> he takes what, whatever <laughs> yeah, he does I, I like that. That's yeah. good. It takes you on a psychedelic journey through a an episode of old wrestling, but while he's allegedly doing that, what he's also doing is mixing in pop culture anecdotes, asides, and stories, some sports, some home life, all sorts of weird things. Who doesn't like sports? I like sports. We need more sports. I mean we would review a sport. <laughs> we uh, should review a baseball game. Oh God. <laughs> Retro baseball podcast. You want me to get mad about every swing? Yeah, it'd be like, great. <laughs> but anyway, check out Greetings from Allentown. Really good show. And also check out, if you like our retro wrestling with a side of baked beans, check out Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. They do two shows, Quinn. There is one show about the Smoky Mountain Wrestling and the another. smokiest of mountains. It's so smoky. But it's not really or something. No, we did the research. They don't ones. smoke anymore. Yeah. And another one is about uh, the NWA slash the WCW. Cool stuff if you like the Southern wrestling treated with respect and irreverence that it deserves. And if you like Jim Cornette. And if you like Jim Cornette, and if you like coleslaw. Yeah, coleslaw. Can't get enough of that coleslaw. Don't forget about it. Check out Book in the Territory. So again, our three friends of the show, we got the wrestling podcast about nothing, greetings from Allentown, and Book in the Territory. But Quinn, now it's time to review something. We right. are reviewing something. We are attacking it. Yes, we are. We We're, haven't done an episode of this in a while. Wrestling yeah, Spotlight. Yeah, now the last time I remember this show, yep. um, it involved Ian Mooney. Hi, everybody. I'm Ian Mooney. Yeah, hi, and, Ian uh, Mooney. Sensational Sherry or something. Yeah, who Maybe was... Elizabeth. I don't know. <laughs> now, let's talk about Wrestling Spotlight, okay? What, Ian... Was it on TV? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. So in the fall of 86, right. Wrestling Spotlight debuted. It had replaced superstars of wrestling, but not that superstars, not championship wrestling superstars. Right. A different show, which may possibly be related to George Cannon, Quinn, but not the other guy, not Albert Patterson superstars. <laughs> why is this name so fucking confusing? Like, why can we not just get this settled? Do you know. think that that's also the reason? Do you think Albert Patterson's the reason they can't have the other superstars of wrestling that was Spotlight either? Possibly. Uh, I'm not sure. This guy! Yeah, he's he very needs, irritating. He, he needs to just... A dick. Nobody cares <laughs> about this stupid name anymore! It's not anything! Just fucking 
sell the damn rights already. What is he going to wait until he dies? I mean, seriously, no, he can't be getting any younger. And then, like, his heirs are going to be all dicky about selling it to him because he's probably going to be on the set. Make sure you don't sell that shit to Vince McMahon. <laughs> Make sure I, those kids get their ice cream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, just do it. Like, I know. Come on, Albert. It's just so annoying. Make your money and run. Come on, buddy. Anyway. Spotlight, uh, which began in 86, was already, like, from the outset, when it was the C show. Let me explain that. There were three syndication packages they had. Mm -hmm. The A show was championship wrestling, then became superstars, right? Yeah. And that was, like, the coveted one. That was the the highest production was put into it, right? That's where the storylines happen. The most effort. Right. Now, a lot of stations also picked up the B show, which was all-star and then challenge, right? Right. Now, challenge was still rather respected, and for uh, most of its run, had... Some development, but mainly was like half a recap of the goings on and some stupid matches, and right? Prime time falling. Well, it's not syndicated. Okay, sorry. Just cable. Yeah, okay. Then some networks also picked up the C show, which was Wrestling Spotlight, which if you ever watch any episode of it, you could tell they're putting minimal effort into it with right. editing, with production, with everything. It's kind of just a recap, really. Or, just like it, or they act like these matches happened right. on Spotlight, but they <laughs> yeah, didn't. But they're from something else, right? Yeah. So Spotlight was not necessarily seen as widely as Superstars or Challenge was. But if you ever watch some of these old spotlights, uh, some of them involve Sean Mooney as Ian Mooney, uh, right. hosting it from a very dumb like set. It's with- amazing that they care so little that they don't even give you the real Sean Mooney. Like, <laughs> like they, <laughs> He's not good in... Like, yeah, no, Sean Mooney's yeah, too, too good, good for this. Too good for fucking Spotlight. They gotta get alternate brother version. The combed back hair. Who isn't even different. Yeah. Like he's not... It's his, literally just Sean just Mooney. His hair's combed differently. That's, That's it. That's it. And sometimes Elizabeth was on it. Sometimes Vince himself. Sherry. And Sherry, of course. Uh, you know, 89, 90 around that time. And believe it or not, the show was on all the way <laughs> until the fall of 1995. It's un- <laughs> it's unbelievable, really. Like, this isn't even the end. No. Like, there's more. This is, what we're reviewing, is the most recent complete episode that we were able to receive in the mail. How is the most recent complete episode, like, two years before <laughs> right? it's over? Like, I don't know. How is that even possible? It just is. So this is WWF Wrestling Spotlight, November 6th, 1993. We are on the... Uh, precipice of survivor series so there's gonna be a lot of that going just want to set the stage quinn likes to call this the decline of course of 93 uh, it's horrible it's absolutely <laughs> atrocious now i will say this also is do you know who eventually takes over on this show like no is it ray or like stan lane or something i wouldn't be surprised i don't know who the hell was hosting it in 95 <laughs> i don't know who was watching it in 95 i've never seen an episode of I mean, 95 spotlight North dakota or something right like, like, who watched this it. Yeah, I, I barely know. had challenge in 95, let alone <laughs> this, because people were dropping all the syndication shit. Right, yeah. And that's why it went away in 95. But let's get right into it, Quinn. It's Wrestling Spotlight, November 6, 1993. Now, there's a bland intro here showing people that are definitely still in the company, you know, like Hulk Hogan. This intro's horrible. There's like cartoon noises and clips of declining WF. Yeah. It's awful. It's like, honk, honk, jackhammers. It's like, just stop. Just stop. And then, this, is, what, this isn't mania. We don't, this is a little bit more serious than right. mania. Just let it be serious. And a lot of these clips, too, are like from 89 through 91, but they mix in the 93 luminaries like Basham Booger and Ludwig Borga. Well, you know, nobody's really going to see no this anyway, attention. so it's, it, nobody cares, really. Now, this was a pleasant surprise, though. We are joined 
by Gorilla Monsoon from the WWF Mania Master Control Area. Yeah, thank God we got Gorilla. I like, was so happy. This could have been a train wreck, this it show. It could have been Ray Rouge. Hi, how yeah. are you? Welcome could have been to Todd Sp- being horrible. Could have been Stan Lynn being very blunt. Hello, fans. Yeah. Welcome. It could have been Terry Taylor, whoever was there. God, imagine that. Ugh. Ugh. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Spotlight. I'm Gorilla Monsoon here in Master Control. So Gorilla's wearing a proud red WWF sport coat, and he says the reason they're here on the Mania set, quote-unquote, is because their alarm system went off and someone is in the building uninvited. Now, uh, are they implying that Spotlight generally takes place from Studio A or whatever it is? I think it like, might sometimes the, be in that the Mean Gene control room. Oh, it's I that think control so. room. I think so. Okay. Gorilla hypes up the Survivor Series 93, of course, and its ramifications, and he mentions, Quinn, how Tatanka is no longer undefeated. At the hands of Ludwig Borga. It was a happening and shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Bit of a happening. Yeah. Gorilla takes Russ the cameraman. Remember, I've told you about Russ. Yes. <laughs> We've got what? They've got somebody trapped back there in the camera control. Russ, follow me. Let's take a look. He takes him with him to the camera control room where Gorilla peeks in the door to find the lights off. And Bobby Heenan with a flashlight stealing a reel of tape. It's I don't amazing. get what this is. I don't know, but it's just so Bobby. Yeah, it's you know? so weird. Now, I thought for sure he'd be like sleeping under the desk or right, whatever right. With, the, with the ongoing like Bobby's poor storyline. Yeah. It comes to a head very soon after this. Several right? weeks. I mean, one more month and Bobby's gone. And he's got Quinn, very telling here, his shitty blue windbreaker on. Horrible. The all-American windbreaker. It's very sad. And, Remember when he used to wear sparkly coats yes, and, and fancy. actual sports coats? Yeah. Uh, Bobby says to Gorilla that he was just getting films of Gorilla's greatest matches. You're a liar, <laughs> yeah, says Gorilla. So and the Gorilla's like, why the rubber gloves? And Bobby's like, it's new style. Rubber gloves. Why the rubber gloves? New style. So Gorilla continues to interrogate Bobby, so he assumes the frisk position against the wall, and Gorilla's like, oh, you know that position, don't you? Which is funny. (laughs) But now we throw to our feature feature match. All right. Uh, Already? Wow. It's the one, two, three kid. Versus Bastion Booger. So we what? Had, why is that the feature? I don't know. We had to ringside where we actually get to hear Booger's crappy music. His music sounds like somebody slamming on like a dull piano key. <laughs> like it's like dong. <laughs> There's nothing. Also, why is Booger even a heel? Because he's fat. Is that literally the reason? Like, yeah. they don't say... He's not he's, really mean to anyone, just, is he? Yeah, they, he's, like, just trying to win matches. And he like, eats a lot, and he's, he's, he's kind of gross. He's just kind of fat and disgusting, but, like, that's why you shouldn't like him. Yeah, exactly, because... That, that'd know. be like saying that... Remember the kid from, like, Charlie Brown who was dirty? Yeah, the dirty that, kid. That'd be like saying he's a heel because he's dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's not nice. Yeah. You shouldn't be was like that, Was Riff or something yeah, like that? Possibly. JR, actually, on commentary here, before he got fired, with Bobby as Tony Chimmel is our ring announcer. And they act like Booger had a hump on his back, remember that? <laughs> Didn't that, obviously. And he, he drools at the camera, and JR is like, get the camera off him, my goodness! Get the camera off him, my goodness! <laughs> JR is so fucking mad him. With, with him. Like, the whole, it's like a front to his seriousness. Like, yeah. It's like, how could this guy even be a wrestler? I'm supposed to be Gordon Soli Jr. here. How could I have this guy with a hump on his back and then drool? He doesn't understand that it's like He's, fake guys fighting in their yeah, underwear in like WF. yeah like, he doesn't get <laughs> he it doesn't get it uh one two three kid enters to a decent reaction he's very like high oh like, god yeah very high very high yeah. uh, and probably very high as yeah. well this appears to be straight from wrestling challenge by the way yeah decline <laughs> very decline earl durrell is the rough here as we get a one two three chant and a lockup goes 
nowhere. The kid complains about the way Booger smells, which is funny. Yeah. Like holding his nose to no, the I rest. I also want to say that a JR randomly yells something about Booger farting at this point. Like very early in the match, he's just like, Ah, oh, I farted. Oh, oh, we can we can smell it over here. Yeah, in the soundproof booth in Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> smell it all the way from there. At first, he tries to blame it on um, Bobby. Yes. And then like he's like, no, it's Booger. We can smell it from where we are. I thought that was you. I didn't want to say nothing. Make your part. It's a booger response to all this by making the kid try to smell down the front of his tights. <laughs> Gotta love 93 here. Headbutt by booger Irish whip. A kid slides through the legs and uses some high karate for a two count. More green belt kicks here by the kid. A duck under off the ropes, but booger catches him in a front slam and then dances around very stupidly. <laughs> Corner How does, why do people like this time period? I Listen, right. I'm all for silliness, but this is like the whole thing. It's like there's nothing serious. Like... At all to like offset it. It's a balance, folks. It is a balance. It's like you have to have the midget world and you have to have good matches. Like, what about the fat, smelly, hairy guy world? Yeah, but the problem is, is that this is like everything. There's Mantar and shit. That's a little later, but it's same thing. But it's all in the same time frame. You know what I mean? Like, and and as we go through the show, a lot of stuff's really goofy. So, okay. Uh, Corner whip by Booger sold awesomely by the kid as JR tries to say that Booger weighs 450 pounds and that he's gained 50 pounds since joining the WF. Just no, that's not real. That's like Gorilla Monsoonism, That's a lot it? of weight to gain. Like, <laughs> yeah. He hasn't been here that long. Until like July. Yeah. yeah it's, no. Jeez. JR sells the kid as being 19 years old. He's actually 21 at he this point. He looks like he's 19. To be fair, yeah. he, he passes it off well. It's believable, yeah. yeah. Big backdrop by the Booger Man as we go to commercial, but thankfully we come right back and Booger is still clubbing away. Booger yells to the camera, now who smells? And JR's like, you smell. I hate this gimmick so much. <laughs> it's terrible. Jim Rawson, now who smells? Bobby the Brain Heenan, you smell. That's who smells. You smell, you big. Hey, 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 don't do that. He'll come over here. They will both smell. Booger with a double underhook slam. As this venue, Quinn, and I know you said the exact same thing, it appears to be a recreational local hockey rink. Yep, nothing like the uh, look of decline, Joe. Uh, that, I mean, this is in the same vein as the aircraft carriers. And it all is, that. same like, this thing. Is, this is all of that shit. It's ugly looking on TV. Yeah, this it arena. really looks bad. It looks they, why bad. couldn't they at least put something like a tarp over that and maybe elevate the fans so they look like just anything, not just like just leave the hockey rink. <laughs> Get a good shot of the penalty box yeah, on the hard it's camera it's there. Like, I'm not even making that up either. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, why leave that there? I don't know. Another corner whip of Booger misses the charge and gets rolled up for two. Kid with a big spin kick for two, and then he heads up and lands a nice missile drop kick. Then kips up as Booger bails to the outside. We get a tope to a suicide to the floor by the kid. I gotta say, the kid's a, he's impressive. Like, Waltman was great. I'm not gonna knock that. It's just, look who he's fighting. I know. Yeah. Well, no, Sean Waltman really was a really good wrestler for a few oh, yeah. years when he started. Was and then a again, lightning kid, or what was that he was thing? Awesome. Also, we saw him in a AWA. No, Global. Global, the one he that had good, Raven in it and all that. Yeah, Scotty yeah. Flamingo, but he yeah. was really good as a as Lightning Kid. Yeah. Excellent wrestler. More karate as a Booger rolls back in and Kid, kid heads up, but misses a somersault splash, which is called Immune Salt by JR. Booger with a splash off the ropes and he gets the win? I've never seen him win before. What? Truly historic. <laughs> Are you saying? Like, I've I never seen him you win. You know what's weird? Ever. I approach this match with my brain a different. I'm like, the kid's totally not going to win. I like, thought the kid was winning, you know, get the big upset. Yeah, I just, I didn't see it coming because because it's hmm. sad, the way Jr. was talking about Booger, he was talking about him like too much. So True. I was like, "Oh, they must be building him up or something." It's just weird because, well, I guess yeah. If the kid wins all the time, then how can he ever get an upset win, right? Yeah, you got to lose sometimes. Also, the other thing is you have to remember is Booger because he was new or whatever. They had to make him look decent, right? Yeah, so that way he can lose to better people. And later on, when he does lose a lot, like Jr. would 
whoever was commenting, they barely would talk about it while True. it was like fighting. Yeah, that's like, a good point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we now throw to a WWF special report with Lord Alfred Hayes from the control room. He, wait, he still works here? He's still here. Yeah, he's there until 95. That's weird. Yeah, I know. Remember the last thing he did was like well, Donnie Brook Theater yeah, in 95? I, mean, I thought that's the kind of shit he was doing by this He's still a time. regular fixture until the summer of 94. It's weird. Yeah, on That's these type so of things. Strange, yeah. And he's very smarmy here about how the All-American teams team lost to Tonka due to the Borga <laughs> and you, Yokozuna killing him. Would you say this is more like heelish Lord yeah, Alfred, he's where he's like just a dick? He's a dick again, yeah. yep. Now, it would seem that the elimination process for the Survivor Series has begun a little earlier this year to wit. The All-American team suffered a very nasty setback last week. And Alfred, of course, Quinn says, Tatanka a real lot. Oh, yeah. Tatanka. <laughs> like, I, remember when Crumblink beat up Tatanka? <laughs> That's basically what yeah. this is about, yeah. right? Yeah. Horrible. Luger made the save, but was immediately jumped by the Quebecers in a funny moment as we uh, <laughs> cut to the foreign fanatics uh, with the promo here, including Johnny Polo, which is nice. Good. Borg is like, no more rain dance. <laughs> the heels are like... <laughs> So proud of themselves. They're laughing about how who could possibly replace they're Tatanka. Like Dr. Evil yeah. style. Like they're yeah. just cackling and yeah. terrible. Yeah. And the, you know what the best part about this team is? Is what? Johnny Polo. Yes. He, he says that the faces never get anything done and they stink <laughs> as they all like laughs like super villains. <laughs> and it's funny, but it still adds to the cl- decline feel life. Like, yeah, unfortunately, what like, is this feud about? I don't. It's That's just the they thing. have a match at Survivor Series. That's it. It's the, like, main eventer team. It's, like, people with belts and stuff. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, side note here as well. Jacques Rougeau, I truly feel, is at his best when he's a heel and he's accompanied by, like, a big stable. Oh, yeah. He's the best at that just laughing, hamming up in the background well, and it, stuff, you know? You know, what I, you know what I got out of this? And I always noticed this going back to, like, 91. What? The Mountie character really gets hyped up usually around a Survivor Series every <laughs> time. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, he always like it's, oh, he always acts like he's like now he's gonna win. Like yeah. it's not just by himself. He's got the other heels to like right. back him up. Like, like and he it. acts like big shit. Like he the whole so the good. whole Survivor Series yep. season. Yep. Like he's like wildly like just overconfident. I love it actually. Yeah. Uh, Yoko bonsai is a way to sign off here. As we go back to Alfred, who calls Lex Luger. The pompous one. What? I don't know like, why. I don't... He's, like, humble. Like, his character. I know. Like, what is he talking about? I honestly, when I've never really understood why they turned Lord shit, like, heel into 93 and 4. He I is. Like, he's a heel on all these again. he started liking Sherry and stuff. <laughs> Got a tattoo right on her chest! Yeah. Got a tattoo right on her breast, Alfred. How did you, did you that? see that? No, I did. It's I right there. Well, wait till we get another close-up. I'll show you. I don't look at things like that. Oh. Anyway, back to uh, Master Control here with Gorilla. Where he's tied Bobby's hands together with a comically large rope. Like a leash. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he has him like on a leash. And he threatens to take him upstairs to be interrogated by J.J. Dillon, which is funny. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why not Jack Tunney? Well, J.J., I guess. Maybe they just wanted to sound Tunney threatening. not show up to work? No. You generally? <laughs> Never. In his Canadian offices? <laughs> Remember that messy office he has? Yeah, well, I mean, picture? Not, nothing like Meltzer's, though. Yeah. It's a little, and he sits on a chair better than Dave does, That's too. That's true. <laughs> Bobby says that his nose itches, and then he proceeds to try to itch it on Gorilla's shoulder. That was really good, I must admit. Like, <laughs> All improv. So random. Yeah. All improv. And girl it's is like, like, I'll whack you or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'm going to whack you with this flashlight in about three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I loved all of this. It's this so is good. all good. These two were never bad together. Yeah. Literally. They could take just this piece of shit yep. spotlight that nobody's ever going to watch. Right. And they act like it's like prime time. Yep. Like that is a thing. It's great. We go to Superstars now where Adam Bomb is making his entrance with Harvey Whippleman. We've got Vincent King on commentary as Bomb's opponent is Rich Myers who has hair like 
Garth Algar. Yeah, I mean, he looks like, I don't know. He I like just, to play. He just looks like he's caught in 1988 with, like, Guns and Roses or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that Axel. Yeah, he's, he just looks stupid. Like, it's 1993, bro. Like, get with the grunge, you know? Like, why does he... Why do a lot of jobbers still look like that? I don't know. That Maybe that's why they're jobbers. <sighs> the fans in the crowd kind of just... <gasps> at Adam Bomb, you know? Nobody cares. No, Jack Donald is going to be our referee, Bomb by the has way. the... St- Stupid ass contacts, oh, yeah. like ill. The Ugh. red, I hate it. it. Looks dumb. Yeah, like uh, I, now. Let me ask you, Joe. Yes, is Mike. that supposed to be like? Was he supposed to be like a baby that was like born yes. in Chernobyl or something or some <sighs> stupid shit like that? The, the other one, Quinn, Three Mile Island. Correct. Yeah, yeah. He was he was raised on Three Mile Island, and that's why he's but radioactive. Now. Let me ask you. He's radioactive. Didn't that happen like four years ago or something? Nineteen seventy nine. That was Three Mile Island, but Chernobyl happened in eighty six. So Correct. it's like. But this isn't Chernobyl. I'm just saying, even if it's through Mount Island 79, he would have to, like, how long could he have possibly, like... He lived there his whole life, and now he wants to wrestle, damn it. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's feasible in like the timeline they suppose. pretend that he's younger than he is he was yeah. he was he would have been 15 when three mile island happened but they act like he was maybe you know five or right. something like that that's what i mean it's like they act like he was exposed as a young one yeah. and like grew into this thing yeah that's that's the story yeah uh, either way he sucks and <laughs> he, he hammers away but misses a charge as myers takes over with some forearms here he attempts a crossbody but gets caught and backbreakered and then the Atom Smasher, which is a power bomb, gets the win for bomb. <laughs> That's like two seconds Good, long. It's right? like less than the pinfall. Yeah. <laughs> like somehow. Vince stirs up some shit about the Hart family versus King and his knights. Yeah, uh, that wouldn't happen. No, it wouldn't. And then Vince says, in his own words, we're going to go to mom, men on a mission. When did they ever call them mom? I, don't. I thought only kids said that jokingly. I mean, they would put on the screen, Mom. Yeah, but M-O-M, I thought. It's yeah. really Mom. I don't know. Why is this happening? I don't know. Uh, and <laughs> we throw to them <laughs> playing Royal Rumble for Genesis as Oscar's like, You Hulk Hogan, man! You Hulk Hogan, man! As we see clips of Hogan versus Savage on Royal Rumble <laughs> yeah. for Genesis, Vince hypes up uh, how you can go to Kmart to win a trip to see the Royal Rumble live in January. Kmart just seems so anti-Vince McMahon. It's, like, very weird. What do you think? He's more of a Neiman Marcus type of fellow? Yeah, something better than Kmart. Kmart. Even Bradley's would be better. I mean, Kmart's shitty. Kaldor is more on Kmart's level. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, As Bomb is making his exit now, Marty Jannetty's music hits and he comes out for his match and they get into a brouhaha on the aisle. Yeah, I like this. Like, what? Like, how do I like this? You like something from 93? This is amazing. Like, why do they not do this more? <gasps> like, Quinn likes something from this. This is great. Hey, I'll, I'll give him credit. That was pretty cool. Unexpected. Um, yeah, so Morty, I guess, doesn't get to his match till later. Or no, he doesn't, because right? he brawls with Bomb here, and he uses that old bar fight tactic, the dropkick, as a bunch of uh, officials break it up. And now we throw to our Survivor Series report, you know, the one with the post-apocalyptic roller coaster intro. Come on. I know, I hate you that. You know what's weird? It's like, here's something I like, and then they just jump to like, <laughs> oh, let's just piss you off. Like immediately, like what the fuck? To piss us off further, it's Todd. Of uh, course, it's Todd. <laughs> but I will give him credit; he's actually in like a nice, How is, regular yeah, what suit. Is, what is that about? He's not dressed stupidly. Yeah, he looks normal, and he has no idea what just happened between Janetti and Bomb. Yeah, thanks, Todd, for is, the uh, uh, like informing us. Isn't it pretty clear that they fought in the aisle? What, what, what doesn't yeah, he but know? I think what he's saying is he doesn't know why. 
because they are on opposing teams at Survivor Series. If he's doing the report, shouldn't he know? Yes, that's yeah. why he's reporting here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he recaps how uh, Tatanka is out of action, Quinn. Yeah, no shit. They told us like 45 <laughs> fucking times already. Like, that's... why do you need to... Why do they keep saying that? <laughs> the true main event of the show, folks, is that you make sure you know Tatanka's not wrestling at Survivor that Series. That he lost. That he lost to Olympic Borga. over. That's that big it. streak. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I saw someone on the boards comparing that to like Goldberg. I was like, no. Just no. <laughs> it's Tatanka. Let's get out of here. Nobody gave a shit. I like. I want him to be good, but he wasn't. I'm the sorry. Streak is his entire career. I know. And it's like not good. It's not. He doesn't beat anyone of use. Uh, but next week we're gonna find out his replacement on Superstars. But t- now Todd goes into his whole shtick. You know, he's I trying hate, to be funny. I hate this. Uh, you know, find your cable bill. You know, the one near your Elvis stamps yes. crumpled up. You can order Survivor Series right now. Remember your last cable bill, the one you stuffed in your desk under the Elvis stamps. You're not cool. Just stop it. Seriously, just stop. You know what's sad, too? He was like 27. I know. You would think that he would have the pulse of the people being that young. You know what I mean? But like his references were to shit from like the 70s. And I know, yeah, we make old references, but we do it on purpose. You hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey. Yeah, like, we're also not we, 27. Yeah. Like, we're in our 30s. <laughs> but we also do it because we do a retro show, so we right. bring up intentionally old stuff. Right. And then there's Maud. He's supposed to be, like, the new cool guy. Yeah. Big radio show. Ma'am, uh, this is Licky Proboon. I'm Walter's boss. And why is he more in that, like, pop even? Again, I'll keep going back to it, but wasn't, like, Nirvana and shit a big deal yes. in like, 1993? Like, why isn't he... Even if he did like the grunge rock, hey dude, or something like, I know it's dumb. red, red for yeah, like the worst thing ever. But even that ever. was late because that was like two years <laughs> yeah. later. Like <laughs> he's always wrong. He's just not like at the right thing. I don't get it. You love him. Uh, I told you he might be worse than Doc. But anyway, Todd says there's he's not worse than he's Doc. He's worse than Doc. Doc is horrible. No, Todd's worse. So Todd says there's two main events, which I didn't Excuse know. Me. Uh, the All Americans, which is Luger, the Steiners, and question mark versus the Foreign Fanatics, which is Yoko, the Quebecers, and Ludwig Borga. And doesn't All American Undertaker replace the title? Like yeah. what shit was that? That was like, bad, wasn't it? Now that's supposed to happen on the next thing or whatever. They it keep happens saying next that, week. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what wound up happening. And then a little fun fact, since it won't get mentioned here, Quebec. Becker Pierre got uh, taken out of action. PCO. Yep. And replacing him was Crush. You know, that foreigner. Karate Crush. Yeah, Karate Crush. <laughs> and Horrible. Now, now we have to get another promo from the foreign fanatics here. This time it's... How many times? <laughs> I'm tired of this team already. This time, uh, Borgia says, this Monday night on Raw, Scott Steiner, you're going to get taken down, you're going to stay down. And then Cornette makes some Indian analogy or something. I don't even care. Literally, as soon as Cornette started ta- talking, I knew I could take a break from taking yeah. notes. I really he's going to say nothing of use. And you're absolutely right. And really hard to believe, Quinn, that people don't remember this whole event as a classic, right? Yeah, it's, such a, <laughs> it's really so good. It's just the best. Uh, Yoko with a very rare Sayonara now to sign <laughs> off. Very rare. Yeah. Sayonara. <laughs> now, apparently they're building the Hart family versus King and his Knights as a main event also, which what? I did not know. Well, they didn't do that after what happened. No, they didn't. And <laughs> the graphic Quinn, which I know you posted a couple of weeks yeah. ago on Facebook with no context, for the Hart family here is hilarious. Everyone looks 
awful. Like, <laughs> like Brett, like all bold, like perturbed bigger, looking, bigger than everyone. Owen, like in his like green I'm, coat, a green coat, a Coco Beware style. <laughs> yeah, fucking like what? What's the Bruce? Key? Well, well, Bruce in the leather jacket and the bandana, of right. course. Uh, well, that's always that's all he owns. But the worst one is is Keith or Fireman, whatever his name is. And the one of Keith is from like I swear, like nineteen eighty one. Yeah, his hair's all long. It's not like that. Looks in the like match. Gallagher. Yeah, he looks like an idiot. Why would you put that? He looks so out of place in that. Even somehow, even Bruce looks better. Yeah, he does. Like, I, I can't. I can't Mark, believe I'm saying. That. I know, really. Like, but yeah, like he Keith looks like dog shit. <laughs> I know. And then we get a promo from uh, Bret Hart, who says that Lawler is going to be sorry for uh, starting this feud. It's going to be a uh, four hearts against King and his knights. Yeah, the rest of the family couldn't be bothered to show up for this promo. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is just what is Brett? that? Like, they're, they're finally. I'm sure Bruce for their whole his whole damn life wanted to be on regular TV and not have water thrown on him or whatever usually happens to him. Yeah, they usually. finally give him a shot. He doesn't even fucking come to the damn promo asshole. Shots. And then Brett's like, "My entire family's gonna be in the building. You're gonna have the cats there, the dogs there." And then he's, what is he talking about, Natty? Yeah. And then he's like, he says that he doesn't care about the knights. Bret Hart, voice of the people, because no one cares about the Knights. This is so weird, because Bret still, in a weird way, sounds like a main eventer. Because he wa- should have been. Yeah, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, I know. And he's like just in this weird, like, I hate the king. Feud. Yeah. We're also going to see Quinn, Razor Ramon, the kid, Marty Jannetty, and Mr. Perfect. Wasn't perfect. It was savage. Against. Uh, against IRS. <laughs> that hot single star. <laughs> he's really the, the captain of that He team. is. Diesel, who wasn't Diesel yet. He was just like a joke, kind yeah. of. He wasn't serious yet. Adam Bomb and Rick Martel. And Quinn, honestly, that match is very good. The opener in Survivor Series 93, okay. it's pretty yeah. good. Also, Quinn, we're going to see Bam Bam Bigelow, the Head Shrinkers, and Bastion Booger facing four doinks. All of that sounds bad. Uh, it is. Yeah. And of course, the Rock and Roll Express versus the Heavenly Bodies for the Smoky Mountain. Hear that, Mike Mills? Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Titles. <laughs> This is is this where the rock and rolls will attempt to stay awake long enough to get a paycheck <laughs> yeah, match? Like, what the fuck? Oh God, Quinn! Good lord! Now we get a Jeff Jarrett. Why? Vignette. Why do I have this? Was fine until now. <sighs> Come on! Now we got to deal with Jeff Jarrett. This show the, is going so well. He's got the shitty coat on, wandering around he in looks Nashville like an idiot. Why? Why would anyone hire him? And he's very upset, Quinn. At the corrupt politics what? of country music. What is he talking about? It's amazing this didn't get over right away, oh, right? I hate it so much. Jared says that uh, Billy Ray Cyrus sucks and he'd like to slap him. I hate this simply because they were capitalizing on Billy Ray Cyrus like years after the fact because Vince probably saw some rerun or something <laughs> of a show where he sang on the America <laughs> talent show with Ed McMahon or I think that's he was like oh, I think he was on that once. That's like how Achy Breaky Heart got famous. Are if you I recall, serious? I don't, it's not something. I know it was like a big mega hit because it was on TV. Is that really why? I didn't I'm know pretty that. sure. And then for some reason, Jarrett calls Razor Ramon an Italian, and he wants to smack him. What? Also, some some other Italian guy I'd like to smack. And that's that Razor Ramon. He's also going to pin the one two three kid. He says, and he plugs his debut album, and then he spells his name. Honestly, plugging this fake album and spelling his name 
was literally his whole gimmick for a year until we got the roadie. Brody was the best part. Seriously, that's yeah. all Jared had was, I, I'm going to use Nashville. I don't like the politics. J-E-double-R. Ain't I great? Like, that's all he had for a fucking year. He's so fucking horrible. Why was he allowed in the wrestling industry? Why? Son of Jerry Jarrett. And he, I mean, so, he was a good worker, Is though. this a reward for maybe running the company for Vince in, in oh, prison? prison? Like, yeah, maybe. maybe that was, like, what the reward was for, like, agreeing to it. The problem is, though, is in all seriousness, if I may be serious for a moment, he's not bad in the ring or anything. He's a good wrestler. He's competent. Yeah, but he's, but he's not bad. That stands out about him. Well, personality-wise, no. Yeah. Anyway, back to superstars now, where the head shrinkers, you know, Fatu and Samu, enter with Afa. Well, someone had to watch over this shit. Samu I mean, is Samu always watching. He's always watching, Joe. Vince is talking about how Jarrett Quinn is going to use wrestling as a stepping stone to Nashville, and then King starts bitching about the corrupt country musicians and all that. Just shut up. What is this Who angle? does this relate to? I don't know. Like, who's upset at home about country music? I don't work in country music, right, no nor one... does most people. Right. Like, this isn't relatable. What were people mad about with this? I don't know. That's the whole what, point. Why what are do- they capitalizing on? I don't know. Before the match starts, Doink appears on the video screen to introduce <sighs> his partner, Doink, and they laugh a real lot. <laughs> hey, hey, shrinkers! <laughs> I've got a partner for Survivor Series too. Absolutely insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely like just, as soon as he turns into hey. a, as soon as he turns into a face, I never want to see him again. Hey! Triggers. We're gonna be there at Survivor Series. <laughs> I don't think it's born. I don't know who it is. It might be Brawler. It's not born though because it it's doesn't just sound shitty. like it. Just why did they do this? It was he was so good. Like and they just <laughs> fucked it all up. I don't understand. Why take something that works and break it? I don't know, Quinn. Great question. Uh, the Headtringers' opponents don't get a graphic or an intro. They're dorks. They, they are wearing uh, Barney purple, I noticed. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> There's a proud Ikepo banner, uh, by the way. It's a double-team forward Russian leg sweep by the Shrinkers, and then their stupid finisher. The one where they sort of jump <laughs> well, higher. Well, where Fatu does a splash while Samu just stands there. Yeah, he acts like he's doing something, he's but not. he isn't. Oh, I know what it is. He's watching over everything. Oh, That's okay. all it is. It makes He's going to watch him do the splash. It's in character. <laughs> At least it was quick, Quinn. That's one thing I can say. At least it was quick. And I like how the head shrinkers are obsessed with the video <laughs> yeah. wall. Like their demolition at SummerSlam 90 or something. And then, then they look under the ring for more doinks, hey, like just know. in case. You never They're know. like punching each other and shit <laughs> as they like fade away. Like, very abruptly. Like it, it like goes to the next thing. Yeah, it's true. Vin types up this uh, contest here. Where you can win a trip to WWF Challenge, right. appear on the King's Court, and yell at the King. Now, I wonder if that girl that accused him of all these things is the one that wound up winning that contest, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, come on! Back to Gorilla, who has Bobby on the rope leash, and he pulls him out of some room. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Bobby says he has to go to the men's room. Gorilla starts laughing. And yeah. I just, I like that these two, Quinn, can make this C show from late 93 so much fun you know yeah. what i'm saying i want to throw in one other thing here is yeah. that it's funny that as soon as bobby's on the leash he starts acting like a small child like not being able to stand still <laughs> yeah. it's like i gotta go to the bathroom i gotta move around i gotta look at this yep all improv yeah it, it literally he starts acting like a like two-year-old like You're he's right. like i gotta touch everything yep. I, <laughs> wander around yeah <laughs> so now gorilla does throw us the challenge where uh mr perfect enters quinn he's full like shitty face mode you don't like him as a face got, huh? like plants in the crowd did you see that there was literally an attendant joe yeah. next to a little girl like helping her say mr perfect number one like holding up like a sign an attendant clearly... yes you I, sure like the guy in the windbreaker thing that said like 
I'm not joking. Wait, like, really? I didn't like see it was that. almost like they asked the father, "Hey, <laughs> we need to make it look like people care about Mr. Perfect. Can we just like get your little girl involved?" And he was like, "Sure, she's going to be on TV." And like he's like holding her up and looking at her and being like, "Yeah, point." Like and like she, like she's doing the Mr. Perfect. Like she's pointing at a sign of him. I still don't understand though. Like I'm, I don't love him as a face, but I don't understand your your absolute hate for Mr. Perfect as a face. He does nothing, Joe. He's horrible. What like, about when Shawn Michaels fights him with no shirt on at it's WrestleMania? It's crappy. It doesn't lead to anything. Like, Makes it that SummerSlam match, it's not very that good. That one part, time when they fight outside Raw is cool. The but car. Then, like, nothing ever comes of it. I know. It's All right. bad. Okay. For the record, folks, this is one of his last on-screen appearances before Survivor Series, because before good. that, he leaves Lloyd's London and Savage actually replaces him. But Quinn, Mr. Perfect's opponent is Iron Mike Sharp. I love that somehow Sharp, is he's still working <laughs> in the so company. Good, right? I mean, he's here till like 95 or yes, something. Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah, it's so cool to see him. Timmy White is the ref. Lockup goes nowhere. Another one, and Sharp gets rolled up for one. Ah! He complains about Perfect pulling his trunks. Ah! Side headlock by Sharp and a thumb to the eye. Ah! Shoulder block in the corner, a whip, and Perfect leaps over a charge and gets a sunset flip for two. Backdrop by Perfect and a standy drop kick as Sharp tumbles out. Ah! Back in and Perfect grabs the Perfect Plex for the win. That was quick. JR now gives us more info on the King's Court contest before throwing us to face-to-face. And oh my goodness, Quinn, it's Joe Fowler. Why is he still here? And okay. I need to take... <laughs> there's 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 something here that's really funny. Quinn, you need to explain who you thought Joe Fowler was here. I thought he was Falco. Like I, like That's the Bill whole Freilich. fucking time, and I was like, "How the hell did he turn into such a wuss?" And like at the tiny dock table and everything, <laughs> he looks like an idiot. So Bill Freilich, of course, from WrestleMania Two Battle Royal, Falco. Bill Freilich, of course, from Saturday Night in like '92 with Jr. Right. Bill Freilich from the Body Slam Yokozuna thing in July of this year. You thought that Joe Fowler here was. Bill Freilich? Yes. Now, who the fuck is Joe Fowler okay. again? I don't remember. Well, thank you. Is he some he's some ball player of some kind? No, right? no. This is the best part about him. He comes in, I believe his debut, or very close to it, was SummerSlam 93, because Gene had given his notice. So Gene at SummerSlam is actually relegated to the Coliseum video extras only, because he's on his way out. Right. And for the main pay-per-view... Joe Fowler does the interviews. He interviews Kid and a few other people, right? How long is he there for? Until like this, basically Wait, November. Is this during that era where they were trying to like what was that woman named Bonnie and all that? Uh, like, it's a little after Bonnie Blackstone. Okay, but they were trying to find a replacement, basically, right? They were trying to young up their team. Gorilla yeah. clearly was on his I way mean, out of doing this full time. Fella is sure seems like just like a another dweeb that you know. Oh that, my that, goodness, that, he's horrible. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the one where they've been trying to find Michael Cole, basically. Uh-huh. For years they're trying to find another mooney here yeah and uh he's awful yeah. like, he's actually bad usually i try to look for as much good as i can with these guys <laughs> he's his voice is annoying you know and <laughs> why don't we get uh he seems like he belongs on the family feud honestly well you know it's like Rick Combs. yeah he actually wound up doing him probably to this day is still doing infomercials <laughs> I remember one, like, from 15 years ago, where he's in this <laughs> pasta thing, and he's like, oh, pasta, it's so good! And pasta, and no boiling water! <laughs> anyway, he hypes up the big November 27th Madison Square Garden show, and he says there's four main events. What is this now? Four main events, what my the ass. fuck is he talking about? Well, here they are, Quinn. It's a casket match, Yokozuna versus The Undertaker, non-title. Why? I don't know. Like, what? It's a house show. You can make it for every time. You could. You could make a match that is for all the belts, and it wouldn't matter. You're correct. Yeah. And it wouldn't be televised anyway by this yeah. point. Intercontinental title, Razor Ramon versus Diesel. Doink versus Jerry Lawler. 
Waller. I'm pretty sure that didn't wind up happening. I think Sean replaced him for that. And the tag titles, Quinn, the Quebecers versus the Steiners. Now we get a promo from the Quebecers. Where Johnny how, Polo. How much more Johnny oh Polo can we have in Three one? now, right? That's too much for me. He's yeah. wearing Kim Chi's hat, apparently. <laughs> and for some reason, they're like in front of the Ed Sullivan Show curtain. Or I, what is that curtain? I don't. This is too much. Too, too much. much Johnny Polo. I love Johnny Polo, but come on. Like three times in one show. Why did they do this a lot back then, too? Just oversaturate? Yeah. What do you mean back then? They still do it. Yeah, uh, but not the, this is a lot. I like this line from Polo, though. We're defending the titles against the stupid Steiner brothers. Well, that's not wrong. <laughs> I know. Uh, Jacques and Pierre speak some French for fun. You know, parley vous scrambled eggs, yeah. Grandma. Qu'est-ce que c'est? I wouldn't be surprised if they actually like said that. Qu'est-ce que c'est? What the fuck is that? Johnny V. Check out our estimated three review. That's never going to go away now. Qu'est-ce Back to superstars where Crush enters. He's freshly turned heel here. And, uh... Uh, in my opinion, Crush is even worse than he was before, although I know Quinn disagrees. You like yeah, this no, Crush. Yeah, no, this is the best there You're ever so was. You're so wrong. Karate Crush. Karate Crush is terrible. <laughs> no, he's good. He fucking sucks. What are he's you talking about? He's the only about? good Crush. No, Orange Crush is better Orange than this. Orange Crush sucks. This sucks. Orange Crush. Joe, do you remember when we watched some other shit with Orange Crush and they showed like the vignettes where he's like a kid or something in black and white? I'm like they captured that, him. But that- How do you like any of that? It's I all bad. But I'm saying this is better than Karate Crush. This karate Crush has an edge to him. What edge? A karate edge. About as sharp as a bowling ball. His kicks are as sharp as Jessica say. <laughs> His opponent does not get a graphic or an intro, so I Again, don't know who that dork. is. Yeah, they don't even care. Uh, Danny Davis is the ref with very, very shemp hair, <laughs> extremely shemp. Uh, King makes fun of Savage, Savage's lacerated tongue. What the fuck is that injury <laughs> from the Crush beatdown? Did he you know, just bite his tongue and also Crush beat up Babe Ruth. Very apparently. sad. <laughs> Baby Ruth yeah, falling Savage. out of his pocket. <laughs> yeah, that the whole angle was that when he dropped him on the guardrail, Savage. Yeah. Lacerated his tongue. That's so dumb. It's a dumb injury. That's just, you might as well just say bit his tongue. I know. That's I what... lacerate my tongue all the time. What are they talking about? Guess, 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 guess. The dropper, <laughs> dropper grabs a sleeper and the crowd chants USA, so I guess they're cheering I for think, Crush. Uh, maybe they're chanting Casca Say. Casca Say. Awful kicks by Crush as he walks around looking mad. He tosses whoever this is outside the ring, lands even more awful kicks. I'm calling that low karate. Mm, tiny karate. <laughs> Minimal karate. Yeah. Back in and Crush with an awful press slam to the turnbuckle, which gets the win. Cool. We see some replays just to waste everyone's time here as we go back to superstars for Adam Bomb versus Marty Jannetty. Did the world really need this on this Wait, show? Didn't they? Lit- did they literally just do this right away? Like after like <laughs> after they the got brawl, an altercation or Maybe. something? This is really weird to me. Quinn, your favorite, Bill Dunn is the ring announcer. This contest <laughs> is scheduled for. He's and good. It's like it just starts. You sold me yeah, on him. You did great. sell me he's on good. him. Good, Marty Jannetty. He's, so he's, he's not even bad. Excellent from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Uh, bomb attacks right away, lands a body slam, but misses an elbow off the ropes. Jannetty with big rights, a corner whip, but it's reversed, and Bomb eats a boot, and Jannetty lands a flying clothesline from the top for two. Bomb regains control with dreadful kicks and stomps. Bomb sucks. Jannetty responds <laughs> with an equally abysmal inverted atomic drop before getting a front face lock. Bomb powers up, places Jannetty on the top rope before getting into a big tizzy with Danny Davis. <laughs> what is that about? I don't know. Jannetty leaps off and Irish whips him, but gets kicked poorly. Bomb lands a clothesline, 360 sell by Jannetty, but he t- and he tumbles out of the ring. Harvey Whippleman now stomps away on Jannetty on the outside as the 1-2-3 kid comes out to yell at him for doing that. So Bomb attacks the kid while Jannetty is still out on the 
floor. Bob then tosses the kid inside where Janetti is laid out on the floor, and now the bell finally rings. What a bunch of losers. I know, right? <laughs> How is Bomb beating up all those people? I know, and he's new. Yeah. Uh, Bomb pounds away on the kid, so Marty comes back in, and they double-team Bomb before Rick Martell wanders out what? to even the score. Did Vince Russo write this? Like, what's going on here? It's getting crazy, Quinn. Yeah. Now Diesel runs out for fun and continues the beatdowns. Now finally Razor Ramon storms what? out and beats the shit out of everyone. It's crazy. Great stuff. It's, great. it's nuts, right? Doesn't IRS appear too at the end? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he does. So the crowd is actually pretty into it, right? And it's the f- good. Then they like cut it yeah. off or something. And I'm like, why? That was like actually a good thing. Another thing Quinn likes. See? <gasps> Not bad. Back to Grill and Bobby. Grill has let Bobby go to the men's room, but he's still holding the rope through the yeah, door, which nice is of, funny. Nice of Gorilla to allow him to take a dump, I suppose. <laughs> gorilla even like compliments himself. He's like, yeah, I'm a nice gorilla. I'm, I'm a nice gorilla. Yeah. Um, gorilla then knocks on the door and yells at Bobby to wash his hands. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, get the fuck off the toilet, Brain. <laughs> get out of there, Brain! So Bobby walks out with a newspaper because of course he does. You know, Bobby's got it. You also didn't know one other thing. What? You know? what? When Gorilla says to wash his hands, yeah. Bobby's like, I can't, I got gloves on. And Gorilla's like, oh yeah, I forgot you have gloves on. Like, like Gorilla like says, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you got gloves on. So Gorilla now finally leads Bobby upstairs to see JJ, but sadly the camera doesn't follow them, and that's all. It just cuts off. Yeah, I want to know what he was actually trying to do with the film stealing. Like, that sucks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But Quinn, honestly... I'm very surprised this was not that bad of a show. Surprisingly okay. It's spotlight, folks. <laughs> yeah. In 1993, it, it seems like it would be the worst thing possible. You know what? Gorilla and Brain doing all the, you know, wraparounds that and all that. Really that really cushions helped. the blow on a lot of stuff. Yeah, because like, Joe Fowler, abysmal. Yeah. Lord Todster. Todster. Yeah. Um, Bastion Booger. I will say, though, that the, I mean, the, the main event angle, that was doomed to not ever get over. The right. whole foreign fanatics, all America. That was sucky. Well, that was just a time killer. Sucky. Like, that's just they survive. We need a Survivor Series team. Awful. These guys have belts. Yeah, yeah like, I know. So let's, let's make that the one. The Brett thing with King would have been good if it was actually King. Sean, like they, he tried. Sean well, had they to, like, injected Sean at the very last, last second, so there was nothing. Like, how was he supposed to? Like, what was he even doing at that? He point? He was suspended. He literally came back just to do this. He That's had been so gone. typical of them too. Is like almost like a punishment. Like it's like, oh, let's give you this thing that we don't. Well, they needed someone fucked up. Like, yeah, but they needed somebody. Yeah. So this was actually yeah, not bad. Survivor Series, not a great show. Best part of it, obviously, is the Bobby's commentary at Survivor well, Series. Just uh, specifically making fun of the Hart family. Oh, like, it's one of the greatest clip of all after time. clip of yeah. that. You know, we could play, but overall. I'm actually surprised. I thought you would like this a lot less. I thought I would like this a lot less. And it went by really fast. Really? Listen, a lot of, especially after the action zone, I think we've needed some weeks where we weren't just killing ourselves, like being so mad at everything. Yeah. So overall, very good. And folks, we hope you enjoy being with us for yet another week in the world of retro wrestling. Thank you, as always, for being with us. We really do appreciate it. Tell your friends. Tell people about OVP. Uh, reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us, OVPpodcast at gmail.com. Go to our website, OVPpodcast.com, for uh, all sorts of stuff. We have a YouTube channel, Patreon.com slash Podcast, And if you have iTunes, Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, that'd be appreciated. But until next time to kick off July for episode number 136, I am Joe Murata, that is Michael Quinn, and qu'est-ce que c'est? See ya! Hi again, everybody. We'll get you back to the action in just a second. But you know a great event when you see one. You're seeing one right now. You're also going to get a chance to see one live. I mentioned the Supercard that is coming November 27th. That's a Saturday night to the Madison Square Garden. 
Well, let me give you the ticket information. We've already had some people call and say, I want the tickets. How do I get them? You can get them at Ticketmaster. Go to any Ticketmaster outlet, make that call, or go right up to Madison Square Garden and order your seats. Don't be left out in the cold November 27th when the Supercard comes to town. Madison Square Garden, what better place to have a casket match? That's right. The seven-foot Undertaker against the 600-pound Yokozuna World Wrestling Federation champion. No, there is no title at stake here. This is more personal. This is a casket match. This is what the Undertaker does best. And pasta. And no boiling water.